Hey, everybody. Um, while we're waiting for uh, a few people to make their way in, <coughs> a few, few people to make their way in. You know, Tucker's had a lot of uh, a lot of stuff with that Kevin Spacey spoof they put out. A lot of conversation around him, and uh, I made this thread back in April. It turned out uh, this thread, this speech at Heritage Foundation back in April was the last time he was he that was the Friday before he was fired from Fox on Monday. And I just thought it was a really excellent speech. So when I threaded it, I just wanted to have it, just to have it on record in my highlights because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and you can go watch the full speech, but I, I took out a lot and really contextualized a lot of what he was saying and kind of broke it up. And I think what we're going to do here, I've never done a space on it and I can play the audio and such through the space. So probably going to, um, you know, when we get to it, when I go start going through the thread, I'll be able to play the clips on the space and kind of break it up. I'm going to try to have a, I'm going to try to have a conversation, a discussion around what he's saying. This isn't going to be, this isn't going to be like my typical info deep dive or um, exposing things space. This is really just a general conversation moving into 2024. So I definitely wanted to have that. But while we're waiting for everybody to fill in, um, I don't know if you guys just saw my recent tweet or post. It was talking, I've been watching, since it's a slow news day, obviously, I've been watching uh, while working. Uh, it's about two hours, and it was Jordan Peterson and Michael Malice discussing communism and anarchism. And I actually, where I left off, uh, is actually going to be quite meaningful as we go in to this thread and this topic. So... I'm actually going to play a clip from first from Jordan Peterson and Michael Malice's conversation. Uh, I think it I think it'll be very interesting as we move into this thread. And Dustin joined me already, so we'll, we'll get going here soon. But while we're waiting for the room to fill up, let me just play a clip of this conversation that they're having. I think it's really I think it lines up with what we're about to talk about. So let me play that first. Make sure my voice isolation is off. Okay, good. Let me ask you why you conceptualize that as meaningless and why it is that, because the, it sounds to me like the the meaning of what you mean by meaningless is something like the freedom to choose the direction. Yes, correct. Okay, yes. But, 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 but you've already made it clear that you don't regard that. Okay, so back to the Exodus story. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you something that ha also that happens in Exodus. Very interesting. So when God enables Moses to stand up to the Pharaoh, he informs him that there are certain words he should use. He says, let my people go, right? It was a very famous phrase, but that's not what he says. He says, let my people go so they may worship me in the wilderness. And that's that's very much relevant to this issue of subsidiarity mm -hmm. because what it posits is that there's a form of escape from tyranny that isn't, well, I would say anarchic hedonism. Let's try that out, right? Which is what happens when the golden caskets worship, right? It's that everybody reverts to immediate gratification and everything descends into hell. It's an ordered freedom. And that's the vision of ordered freedom. That's the proper worship in the desert. And that's the alternative to tyranny and slavery. And that ordered freedom seems to me to be something like the service of the principle that allows for voluntary ascent across the broadest possible range of circumstances, right? And that would be a very good... There's, is there a difference then in your argument for anarchism and the libertarian argument for a radically restricted government? Like, do uh, they yeah. dovetail? Yeah, six months. 
Okay, so what do you mean? Meaning this minarchist uh, delusion is completely incoherent. Uh, there's no such thing as a minimal government. And, and we've run this experiment. The Constitution was designed to create the smallest government possible, and it ended up creating the largest government that's ever existed. Mm -hmm. So if you're going, so yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about okay, Plato versus Aristotle. So you think it's inevitable that the government just... I don't think so. That's what the data tells us. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that happens in the Old Testament... And by the way, before the income of the Constitution was dry, people were going to jail for violating uh, the first, for free speech. So it didn't even last five years before the sedition laws were being passed. Mm -hmm. And th this is about a two-hour discussion. It was just a little piece, but man, it's really fascinating when uh, you know Michael is in serious mode and he's really talking about. It. He just dropped a book called The White Pill. They're kind of discussing the book, and they're, they're discussing the difference of you know communism versus you know a republic and our current representative government and uh, anarchism in his definition, not anarchy. Um, fascinating conversation it's it's probably high on my timeline at this point because i just i just posted it out there about 30 minutes ago man if you guys got time on a slow news day highly recommend watching that conversation it is excellent but they're talking about here is that essentially that people will fa favor safety over liberty and freedom and we're seeing this more and more and more and what it's done and this is why i believe that it, it goes right into my thread is our objective reality and what we know to be true has been completely hijacked and because people would much rather have there seems to be a growing sentiment among many people that people prefer safety over liberty one of the things that they were talking about here in this as well they says the reason that communism or or the lockdown you know degrowth of communism had to work is that everybody had to outwardly advocate for for the government if they didn't that they were automatically politically dis dissident this led to all kinds of, of problems but, the, but they said as was noted by uh solzhenitsyn uh, who wrote the gulag archipelago and several other people including like emma goldman who was like a radical leftist and she went over she was she was basically she was um she was deported i think by hoover or somebody and they basically, when they came back, they were these radical communists in the, in the United States. And when they came back, they said, this is the most horrific thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. Highly recommend looking into Emma Goldman in that story. It's pretty fascinating because they came back, they came back after being deported to, to, to uh, the Soviet Union. And they told of the, the horrors and, and, and how horrific communism actually was. And they said, I can't even begin to describe it to you because the words would fail what it means. And so I get I get nervous and I get scared as you know as one should be when I start looking at parallels and this this hijacking of objective reality. So that's why I kind of want to go through this thread. But that's a long intro. Now we got a bunch of people that kind of showed up. Now the space is getting larger. So hey, Dust, thanks for thanks for uh, joining. Appreciate it. No, appreciate you, Trash. Uh, I'm a uh, little busy at the moment. Give me just a couple minutes. Uh, I'll be with you probably five minutes or so yeah yeah i'm gonna try to build up the panel a little bit so we can have a robust conversation because like i said this is not just uh let's go through the thread and stick to it because it's really there's a lot of conversation to be had um and a lot of, i don't think a lot of people actually saw this speech that tucker gave at the heritage foundation at the 50th anniversary gala on april 21st and this was the friday uh before that monday being summarily essentially fired from box news and so definitely gonna go through this I'll get Jen up here as well. Um,
but uh, as we build this panel out here, I'd like to have a, I'd like to have a conversation. So um, I guess I can get right into it. Let's see. Let me pull it up on my computer, guys. Give me one second. So, and I, I think it's prescient um, uh, with the recent video that Tucker put out on Christmas Eve. And, and the reason for that is I, I think it was speaking to something higher about where we're headed as a country and what, what he sees. And that's why I felt it necessary to dust this thread off and pull it out. I've never had a space on it. I just threaded it because I wanted to keep it. So, um, so, in this, so basically, I'll, I'll, I'll start with it. And then when you guys make your way. So Tucker Carlson gave a speech at Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala on Friday, April 21st, 2023, just days before parting ways with Fox News. And the overarching theme of this was essentially objective reality um, has been hijacked in our society and we need to get back to it. So I'm um, going to kind of lead this off here. Uh, my first post was, we are facing an all-out assault on objective truth in this country, so much so that it appears unrecognizable to the older generations. They can't even fathom the reality of what has become of our society, so they can't even process it. And I'll play that first clip. But here are two conclusions I've come to, which I think are slightly less depressing than the most obvious, which is the country's really going at high speed in the wrong direction. Yeah, no kidding. Like in ways that are just unfathomable. And and for people of my father's age, for example, who's 82 and such a decent man, and I could go on forever about my dad, who I saw this morning, um, you know, was born in an orphanage called the Home for Little Wanderers in Boston and became a success and the head of a federal agency and served in the Marine Corps and sort of lived the America that you imagine is possible for people who are smart and try hard and all that. For, for people of that age, it's, it's too much, actually. The change is too abrupt. You can't metabolize it, really. It's too horrifying. Yeah, so, it, and it, it, really, it really is. It's like, you know, they don't even recognize the country that they're in. I mean, I, I talk to older generations as well, and, they're just, it, and they just don't understand it. And, you know, with the amount of pressure that has been levied against the average person through social media, legacy media, weaponized empathy um, that have been used on parents and so many things, we saw this capitulation. We saw was wearing masks, even though it's nonsense. You had people putting BLM in their profiles, meanwhile saying that their one of their goals was to destroy the nuclear family, and they are trained Marxists, and and yet they're supporting it. And you see the U Ukraine flags and the jabs and, and everything, and it's just you saw this capitulation of fear and people that just had to go along with the current thing. And so that's kind of what he's talking about here. But for those of us who are still engaged in trying to figure out what this means and not just repelled by it, I would say two things that are, I think we're thinking about. The first is, is you look around and you see so many people break under the strain, under the downward pressure of whatever this is that we're going through. And you look with disdain and sadness as you see people you know become quizlings, you see them revealed as cowards, you see them going along with a new, new thing, which is clearly a poisonous thing, a silly thing, you know, saying things you know they don't believe because they want to keep their jobs. If there's a single person in this room who hasn't seen that through George Floyd and COVID and the Ukraine war, raise your hand. Oh, nobody, right. You all know what I'm talking about. But for, you know, and that's where he's kind of getting to here. And so it's, it's really interesting. Um, 
as we start to get into this a little bit, because it's uh, it was really, I thought it was a really great speech. And he had great interview after the speech as part of this event. I just threaded the essentially just the main main part of it, which is about an hour, give or take. Um, so, and Dustin, just let me know when you come back so we can have this conversation. If you guys want to request a mic, if I know you, I definitely want to bring you up. I want to have a robust conversation around this as we move into 2024. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be able to do that. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, no, so, uh, uh, thanks for putting this together. I'm excited about the topic. I mean, we had the great space last night, basically trying to decode the Tucker Christmas Eve video with Kevin Spacey, right? Which leads down so many rabbit holes, but the Tucker Carlson character arc is freaking wild to like witness. And for, for me, Tucker Carlson first came on my radar, radar as the bow tie guy from CNN. And if you guys don't remember, Tucker Carlson was a regular on Crossfire with James Carville and Paul Begala and Charles Krauthammer, um, right? And, and was like kind of a centerpiece of that, like kind of back and forth. But I, I remembered him as the bow tied young Republican guy, right? Was very interesting. And he had a, a beef with John Stewart, where John Stewart really kind of eviscerated him. Like it, it was brutal on the Daily Show. And he, he, he kind of like, uh, he left CNN and he went and started the Daily Caller and the Daily Caller Foundation, right? And like a, a whole umbrella of like his own media empire kind of started with the Daily Caller. And then obviously eventually leading to the Fox News show and now the Tucker Carlson network. And so, right, uh, for 20 plus years now, right, Tucker has been one of the strongest forces in media. But what I love about his character and, and, and what I love about going through these speeches and the stuff that was off media is there's almost a sense of him, like, Come, and, and, and I guess I kind of relate to this. That there, there came a point where he just said, I don't give an F. Like, I, I don't give an F what they say about me. I don't care that they tell, right? I'm not, we're not supposed to talk about all of these different issues. I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to start chasing what I'm interested in. And since he's come to X, whether it's John Daly and that hilarious interview, right? And Kid Rock, or the more serious stuff, or even whatever the hell that is with Kevin Spacey, I think we're seeing, like, Tucker with full creative freedom. And I, I know he had that to some degree at Fox News, but there was still, like, an element. And, like, so Tucker unleashed. And I think you have to go to these speeches and some of, like, the podcast interviews that he's been doing to really get an understanding for where his head's at and what he's plotting on, but I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I'm also here for it. Uh, I am a big fan of his. Um, but I'm really a big fan of what, what like, these heritage speeches, and, like, you mentioned, the podcast and the other stuff that he's done. I mean, Fox News, great. I mean, that was okay, I guess. That wasn't really my bag. I like to show every now and then. If it was, if there was a topic that I was interested in, I'd watch it. I mean, he, he did some great things. His monologues were fantastic. Um but this was the kind of stuff that I really enjoyed, you know, like the heritage foundation talks, the various different conference talks, 
even even when he's more silly and fun, like at like Amfest or or whatever, or Turning Point stuff. But but this conversation was really important, and um, I think it's great, and I'm here for it. You know, him going out to visit Julian Assange, like he's just he's just doing whatever the hell he wants to do, literally just legit like and naming names, right? Like naming names, like he's not just like, oh, the people in the government wanted him silent. He was like, no, 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 Mike Pompeo. And he just goes on and on with the list of names like he just absolutely unfiltered, untethered. And uh, I'm here for it. And so what, what we. Yeah. I, sorry to interrupt, Trash, but I have a quick question. There is an interview coming with Julian Assange or no, it's just the right that he's going to give us what he talked about more in depth. I know that they've been teasing out, but like. I, I, I've seen both sides of that. I was hoping you could clarify for me. Well, the last clip I saw, he was saying that um, press and everybody is prohibited from talking to him, but he's going to go visit Belmarsh anyway, which is that Supermax in the UK where Julian Assange is held. So I'm not sure what he's doing with that. Maybe he's going to lay out the case. Maybe he's going to lay everything out in the public for millions and millions of impressions to see. You know, kind of remind people of this whole Julian Assange saga, how it's ended here. Um, but the last I saw, he said, he, he said, we're not allowed, no one is allowed to interview Julian Assange. We're going to go anyway. So I, I don't know. I'm actually just as intrigued as you are. <laughs> so we'll have to see. Popcorn ready for that. By the way, uh, my Eureka moment, I don't think you were there for it, trash, but the Julian Assange stuff, the Kevin Spacey stuff, I think we're about to get the Seth Rich disclosure from WikiLeaks. That's 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 what my money's on, right? Like if if I and I, it's a educated guess, but I'm betting that we're we're going to get the actual disclosure. I think Tucker will do it. That uh, Seth Rich was the staffer at the DNC who leaked the Podesta emails. I think that's what's coming. Yeah, I think so too. I think I even heard him say it. Pretty sure I heard him say it. So 100%, like all that's going to come out too, you know, and obviously Matt Couch and them, they've done a lot of great work on the, on the Seth Rich case. So um, it should, it should be fireworks in 2024. And with all the work that everyone's doing and, and exposing the psychological operation stuff like the CTI leak files, disarm framework, all the censorship stuff being exposed, um, they are not going to be able to hold this narrative back. And uh, maybe towards the end of this, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, I'll tell you guys my experience yesterday with my friend's sister. Uh, everybody was over for Christmas. We had dinner and all that and I had drinks and sat out by the fireplace. And she's been living the last 20 years in Netherlands. And she would be, I would consider uh, a pretty hard lefty kind of blue dog Democrat, though. So this new progressive Green Party stops really isn't her bag. Really interesting conversation. Uh, about a lot of sentiments in Europe happening. So I'll talk about that at the end of this. I'll tell you that because it's really fascinating. She's been there for 20 years. She's still an American. She comes back, you know, a few times a year. And her and I politically disagree on much. But I'll explain how she didn't realize how much she actually agreed with me. And it was interesting. So, uh, all right, Bryce, real quick, and I'm going to get back to the thread, start playing these videos. It's really great. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, Trash. I, I tell you, one of the things that's really interesting to me is is the subjects that Tucker has a has a is famous for tackling the things that sit in the corners of the rooms. But one of the hardest things for people to discern is to be able to establish well what's actionable for the the average citizen. What's the things that where we can take it 
to our communities and be able to understand, okay, well, what direction do we need to take certain policies or, you know, where we need to speak up on certain things. And that's where I think a lot of this discussion ends up being just kind of brain junk, you know, where it ends up just getting tossed from the brain, just gets stripped over with new knowledge because there's nothing that can really be applied to. One of the one of the hardest parts that I've had as having a career in city planning is is the unions that I've had to connect with. Some of the finest men that I've had to work with have been, you know, union people. But one of the hardest uh, groups to, you know, vote against when it comes to specific candidates that are just wholly bad for certain societies are the unions. And so it's no mystery where you have, you know, certain states where the unions have an insane amount of power. And then ultimately they end up electing the people that, you know, you get two or three of these giant unions have 100,000, 200,000 members all voting in the same block for a specific candidate. It's no mystery to people why you end up with the candidates that you do when you have these unions that end up stopping funds from, you know, political uh, assignment of funds from from politicians that are saying, well, this money needs to go toward these particular types of workers. It just so happens they're part of that union that just so happened to vote for those people. Y'all got to realize, and just something just to just be reminded of, you're voting against a number of these different union blocks. I ain't against any unions. I worked with them for nearly 30 years. They were wonderful people, but the reality is when they want a candidate in there, they're getting a candidate in there, and, and it's real hard, you folks. So, you know, that's what I mean about actionable, you know, things where it's like, okay, what can I take back to my community and actually do something about? So just something to think about, but I appreciate you guys. So thank you. Yeah, no, we do a lot of actionable stuff for sure. Um, you know, maybe follow Dustin myself and kind of see what we're up to. We're always up to something. Uh, and a lot, there is a lot of actionable, but you know, it speaks to the larger problem and it's not the people that are in the unions because half of them are so busy. All they want to do at the end of their day is go home, have a good meal with their family, and sit down and check out. The last thing that, they, that they're doing is thinking about and talking about politics, right? Because these are people that are, you know, they're working their butts off. Uh, they're they're working specific trades, and then essentially they just their union leader or the or these representatives and 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 management leadership just tell them who to vote for. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't know. If, if it's in our interest, I'm in for it. I I got to get home to the kids, and you know, I've got a I've got a daughter. It's got a surgery coming up. They're they're just not thinking about politics or they're not thinking about what is the consequence of getting some of these people in office you know and that's just unfortunate but that's how the unions work so it's it's typically that's usually what it is so i would say actionable for sure to try to figure out a way to have conversations with your average person in unions and maybe they differ from actually voting now i understand there's consequences so anyway that's a whole other topic well we can get there another time but it does kind of lead into where we're at right here uh with tucker and kind of what we saw out of corporate America, what we saw out of people around us. And so the next matter of fact, the next uh, tweet in this succession is the push for uniformity, the loss of discernment, the will to go against your very own nature and gut to be safe in numbers with everyone around you. Right. And you're so disappointed in people. You know, you are, and you realize that the herd instinct is maybe the strongest instinct. I mean, it may be stronger than the hunger and sex instincts, actually. The instinct, which again is inherent to be like everybody else and not to be cast out of the group, not to be shunned, that's a very strong impulse in all of us from birth. And it takes over, unfortunately, in moments like this, and it's harnessed, in fact, by bad people in moments like this, to produce uniformity. And you see people going along with this and you lose respect for them. 
And that's certainly happened to me at scale over the past three years. I'm not mad at people, I'm just sad and disappointed. How could you go along with this? You know it's not true, but you're saying it anyway? Really, you're putting your pronouns in your email? You're ridiculous. And you know, and he's absolutely right. And so, you know, in, in the future, I probably will have discussions around unions and such. I saw that, Mike, uh, and when I do, we'll, we'll definitely do that. I'll get some people in here and we can have that conversation. But I just, this is an overarching theme of where we're at in society, in corporate America, in our family lives, in our home lives. I'm sure holidays were interesting this year. Go along to get along, even though it's against your very nature. Like, wait a minute, this isn't right. But you just keep your mouth shut and keep moving forward. Now, but there are a lot of us um, and on this stage as well. There's many of us around who want to seek out the truth first that are willing to stand up and speak the truth, push back and not be, not be willing to bow down to the mob. You've seen them, you know who they are. I've always been surprised when I can find that person where I least expected it. And this is a great, this is, this is one of my favorites clips on this. Happening. But there is, as there always is, this is a fact of nature and theology and of observable reality, there is a countervailing force at work always. There's a counterbalance to the badness. It's called goodness. And you see it in people. So for every 10 people who are putting he and him, him in their electronic JP Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry, I don't want to fight, but like, I'm not doing that. It's a betrayal of what I think is true. It's a betrayal of my conscience, of my faith of my sense of myself, of my dignity as a human being, of my autonomy. I am not a slave. I am a free citizen, and I'm not doing that. And there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it. And I hope it won't come to that. But if it does come to that, here I am. Here I am. It's Paul on trial. Here I am. And you see that in people, and it's a completely unexpected assortment of people. I'm really interested in cause and effect, and as I noted at the outset of my remarks and my ability to predict the future, <laughs> working on that. But because I'm sort of paid to predict things, I try and think a lot about, you know, what connects certain outcomes that I should have seen before they occurred. And in this case, there is no thread that I can find that connects all of the people who've popped up in my life to be that lone, brave person in the crowd who says, no, thank you. You could not have known who these people are. They don't fit a common profile. Some are people like me. Some of them don't look like me at all. Some of them are people I despised on political grounds just a few years ago. I could name their names, but you may not even know about their transformations. I don't want to wreck your dinner by telling you who they are. You know, and it does. It comes from unlikely places. That's why that's why free, open dialogue and conversation is so important because you just never know. You know, I, I find myself agreeing maybe for different reasons with a lot of people that, like he was just saying, like I absolutely despised, for, you know, years ago. And now all of a sudden there's a transformation in them and they're, now they're speaking the truth. They're, they're stepping up to the plate that you never would have thought. And he's talking about people that we're probably, you know, just to go along to get along, we're spewing the propaganda and the lies because they're getting a paycheck. And then they, there was just a moment, there was something where they said, no, nope, that's it. It's too far. I'm done now. I, I really like that clip a lot, what he's talking about there. And uh, Jen, thanks for joining us as well. So uh, let me get to the next clip and then maybe get some more analysis from you guys. But And then again, 
this is my favorite. This explains a lot of me personally. I, I, this clip personally ex was really speaking to me um, because what he's saying here is true. He says, you know, it, it becomes addictive and peaceful within yourself to tell the truth no matter what. It, it empowers you to keep going. There's a, there's a, I think he describes it kind of like as a divine, like energy that you, you, it, the more you do, the more internally you want to do it again. And so let me play that. But there's in one case, someone who I made fun of on television and certainly in my private life in vulgar ways, who was really the embodiment of everything I found repulsive, who in the middle of COVID decided, no, I'm not going along with this. And once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. Lying is, but the truth is as well. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this. I don't want to get supernatural on you, but you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. Tell the truth about something. You feel it every day. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. It's measurable in the way that you feel. But yeah, I thought that was a great point. And I was going to break this up for more discussion after that clip, but it really, I think it really goes into the next clip. It's about two minutes and 50 seconds. I think, I, I think I'd be remiss not doing this, uh, doing these three clips together. And so the next next uh, tweet in the thread, having courage to resist the pressure when everything about your survival is reliant upon you playing ball, towing the line, be willing to stand up to that is courageous. And Tucker's spot on here. So this is about two minutes and 50 seconds, but it's uh, obviously worth your time. I think you could disagree. And of course, the opposite is also true. The more you lie, the weaker and more terrified you become. We all know that feeling. You lie about something and all of a sudden you're a prisoner of that lie. You are diminished by it. You are weak and afraid. Drug and alcohol use is the same way. It makes you weak and afraid. But you look around and you see these people and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. And they are cast out of their groups, whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. And I look on at those people with the deepest possible admiration. I am paid to do that. I face no penalty. Someone comes up to me, like, you're so brave, really? I'm a talk show host. <laughs> it's like I get any opinion I want. That's my job, that's why they pay me. It's not brave to tell the truth on a cable news show, and if you're not doing that, you're really an idiot. You're really craven. <laughs> you're lying on television, why would you do that? You're literally making a living to say what you think, and you can't even do that? Please. But how about if you're a senior vice president at Citibank? I'm serious. It's Citibank. And you're making, you know, four million a year. And you've got three kids in Bedford and two are in boarding school and one starting at Wesleyan next year. And like, you need this job, honestly. And your whole sector is kind of collapsing and you know that. There is no incentive whatsoever to you, for you to tell the truth about anything. You just go into little re-education meetings and you're like, yeah, diversity is our strength. That's exactly right. We need equity in the capital markets. Okay. All right. So if you're the one guy who refuses to say that, you are a hero, in my opinion. And I know some of them. In fact, my job is to interview them. And I sit back and I look at these people and I give them more credit than I do people who display physical courage, which is often impulsive, by the way. And I'm not denigrating physical courage, which I deeply admire. But you interview people who do amazing things, you know, who rush into the proverbial burning building. 
And like every man is kind of trained from birth to fantasize about what he would do when the building catches fire and you hear a baby crying and it's all you run inside. No one is trained to stand up in the middle of a DEI meeting at Citibank and say, this is nonsense. And the people who do that, oh, they have my deepest admiration. And so their example really gives me hope. It thrills me. I talk to them all day long, people like that. That's the first thing. We should, in this sad moment of profound and widespread destruction of the institutions that people who share our views built, by the way, earlier generations that would agree substantially with every person in this room, they built those and now they're being destroyed. And oh, that's so depressing. Yeah. You know, we were, Dustin, Jim, we were talking about uh, when we had that space the other day that 2024 is going to be the year of the whistleblower, right? These brave people coming forward. It, it, fine, call them cowards because they're now just seeing the writing on the wall, so they're coming forward. But either way, these people, these whistleblowers that are first through the door, they get my utmost respect. That's why I have a lot of spaces, a lot of times with a lot of the uh, various different whistleblowers, like like Aaron Stevenson and Tara Rodas and Sonia Labasco and and Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend. Like, so I have these spaces so many times and want to include them because they made it so we understood what was happening as we've been lied to and deceived by our own government more times than we can even begin. And so the year of the whistleblower coming forward and what he's talking about here, the people exposing the DEI stuff, you know, the whistleblowers came out to James O'Keefe from IBM showing their racist, you know, pay policies and, and, and staffing policies. Look what's happening at the universities and look at all these people that are coming out. We, we had Kayla on the space the other day and she was one of the first um, she was one of the first students of the new academy that they put together. And James and Luke Rutkowski, um had a space with us and was talk, talking about this. And Kayla was talking about how they're now going to set up an entire whistleblowing like apparatus to receive these people at O'Keefe because it's, it's it, OMG because it's getting so out of control. There's so many people. Then you watched Ashley Sinclair's story with uh, Delta. And how her and Nuance Bro and Tony, current revolt, were just walking around the airport interviewing these people, showing them that they're getting X amount of dollars. They've been brought up directly from there, get to fly wherever they want. They're putting them all in like first class so they could separate them from the rest of the people. I mean, it's just, it's insane. And as that was happening, more Delta employees and pilots were coming out. This is the year of the whistleblower. And it, it is the people who are going to have the strength that I would call heroic. Uh, that deserve that deserve any runway, any possibility that we can do to help them, uh, because we've got to stop this stuff. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, and that's how. Right, I, I want to jump on in on this because I I love the comparison of telling lies to drugs and alcohol, and the and the way that it diminishes you, right? Measurably, quantifiably diminishes you, right? Going along. Right. With the lies. And I, I again, I, I think we can even extrapolate out even a little more. Right. Which is going along with the fake narratives and having to maintain inside your mind and in your life these fake things that right, some part of you knows is not real diminishes you. Right. It weakens you in a way that is incredibly real. And so right, I, I thought that was very powerful. The, the, the other thing, right, that I love about the truth-telling part, and it's a good reminder to all of us, which is we all have a moment of clarity 
at some point along our journey where something clicks and we're like, wait a second. What what we've been what what the media is telling me, I know not to be true. Right. So whether that's you're in the middle of something and then you go watch the reporting of it, and that's like my story. But right, trash will occasionally do these spaces where we ask people what their red pill moments are. And what's fascinating about it is how crazily diverse it is. Right. You you would think that there would be like right these moments where everybody is kind of woken up at the same time. But one of the really revealing things about when we do those spaces in particular is everybody's on a different timeline as far as like when they 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 got wise to the bullshit that right the, the media history schools academia corporate structure how it's all been made, like deceiving us in some way or another and i like to remind people that that's a really disorienting moment and, and, and it's a vulnerable moment, right? You, you, you at that point have been made to question everything that you've been taught, that you've lived in your routines, right? And and there there is a time there where you are vulnerable to the I call it the red pill pendulum theory, right? Where you, you you're on one one side of the pendulum is where you are coming out of college and you believe all the stuff that you just learned is the most valuable stuff ever. And then it breaks and you go to the other side of the pendulum, right? And you're diving down and believing the things at the bottom of the worst internet rabbit holes, right? And it, it, it it's about finding, getting that pendulum to swing back to a balance of some kind. But it's incumbent on us to remember that there's people who are going to be woken up today, tomorrow, next week, right? And it, it it's up to us to put ourselves in the same position we were when we first started to realize this stuff and not pull the, oh, well, I knew this stuff. Like, I've been doing this since, I, I was, I've been awake since 2008, but I've been awake since 1999, right? Welcome them and help guide them on the journey to prevent them from being taken advantage of on the other side of the spectrum. And, and to me, that's all of this because what I see coming, and I, I think Tucker's really going to be central to this, I think part of what we're hearing in those clips in particular is him reflecting on and recognizing his role as a moral leader and as, as somebody who's a truth teller and, and, and in a, 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 an era where a lot of people, I believe, in the next six months are going to become aware of the fact that they have been lied to wholesale by all of these power structures. And, and in that moment, we want to encourage them by reminding them that the lies that they were believing, the comfortable lies that, that were guiding their lives were making them weaker overall. It was making them less independent, right? It was making them more dependent on evil systems that wanted to exploit and take advantage of them. And the truth as jarring as it can be, as disorienting as that moment is going to be, is ultimately going to make you much, much stronger. And you, you, you go. It, it's going to feel so effing good that you're going to become addicted to continuing to tell the truth and continuing to uncover and expose the the broad, big lies that have been making people weak for way too long. And I. I, I, I probably not as eloquent as Tucker on that explanation of things, but how often have we seen it? And and trash, I love that 
right? When you said in the intro to this, like this one really hits home to me. This is my experience in spaces makes me want to give that kind of soliloquy, right? It wants me to give the kind of monologue where you're you're encouraging people to know, listen, I know it's jarring and you're 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 questioning everything and that's totally natural, but you're going to be stronger because you learned the truth and took the red pill. No, 100%. And we probably need to do probably before we close out 2023 another what red pill you what red pill juice space. Um, because again, it was fascinating. There was never the same scenario. It was always something different for everybody. There were, I remember a lot of us were talking, I was talking about, you know, weapons, of mass destruction and Patriot Act stuff and the financial crash and all that. That's, those are kind of my moments, but there's also people that just woke up last year. And so like now they're just going crazy. And like we talked about, it's very important to note, not just whistleblowers, but also people waking up. You can't be like, oh, new here, first time here. No, 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 no. Like, oh, thank God you're here. What other questions do you have? Right? That's the first one. What other questions do you have? I might be able to suggest something you can take a look at. And so that those spaces are really important. That some of them got huge and there's just the conversation. And it it was such a unifying thing because I know a lot of people on that stage, even though they're awake, may they disagree with me politically or how to solve things. But that's all I've ever been asking for. I've been saying, I say till I'm blue in the face, I just want a world where we have a table that we can sit down at and hash out our differences. But the objective reality is real that we're operating from. And that way we can have a proper discussion and hash out our differences and, and our similarities. So I'll get to the hands and I'm going to keep moving through this thread. Go ahead, Mike, and then David. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in with um, <clears throat> like uh, basically all three of the topics that we're discussing here, right? Uh, the when Tucker was um, mentioned and you guys were discussing how like telling the truth is as emboldening or empowering. And I, I think the, the, the reason for that is that when you tell the truth, you're aligning yourself with reality, right? Cause when you, when you lie, you're, you're as soon as you tell a lie and you perpetuate a lie, you're on the clock. Like you're literally on the clock from that moment. Cause like at some point reality is going to check you and it's going to humiliate you. And there's a, there's a likelihood that's going to break you. Because if you're walking around lying about how much you can deadlift and then you like push comes to shove and then you're going to like you get pushed into like proving yourself, things aren't going to go in a way that you like. And there's a likelihood that it will physically break you. And a lot of the I think we're getting to a position here where a lot of these lies are going to actually like culminate into a physical manifestation when reality does snap back. So like, I, I hope people are at least taking their health and their fitness and their like mental health and their their spiritual health like seriously especially going into 2024 because it only seems like the frequency of chaos is going to keep going up and then the potency of that chaos is also likely to go up um and then there was one other thing i wanted to add to the conversation that the i i think the unfortunate one of the most unfortunate aspects of trying to get like these realities kind of disseminated across the pub the public and the populace is obviously because government has been established as big daddy, right? Um, and part of that problem is also that, like, there, what is it, less than 1% has served in the military, and probably less than 1% of those that have served in the military have actually been exposed to cover-up. Um, I personally was exposed to cover-up when I was on deployment, and even within the armed forces, it, it's it's difficult to get these people to realize the kinds of language that is used to hide these lies. Because, like, once you get exposed to the cover-up, then you can, like, really relatively easily identify 
where lies are occurring because they, they will use certain types of language, especially when it's covering up part, particularly like um, kinetic conflict overseas. Um, they'll, they'll say certain words and use certain words. So like it's, it's unfortunate, but again, trash, like, you know, I like participating in these spaces with you guys. It's, it's really good that we're capable of doing this so we can continue to spread the message and do so in a, not an insulting manner, which unfortunately a lot of those that are less mature try to rely on. And that, that just doesn't help anybody. I well, I agree with you, Mike. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I really enjoy these spaces that I get to have with you guys. And I'm very, 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 very blessed. That I have a, have a massive following and a consideration of a platform where people actually want to hear what I have to say and want to participate in these conversations because they're very important, but at least they're important to me. And I, I could argue, make the arguments are important for everybody, but again, you know, it's my own personal viewpoint. Uh, yeah, uh, Jen, your co-host, so go ahead and we'll get to David and I'm going to move right into kind of what we're talking about. Thanks, Josh. I just wanted to uh, thank Commander Listless uh, for moving the Octagon, uh, American Mission Octagon space that we usually have at three o'clock um, every day now. So I uh, appreciate you guys moving over here. Uh, thanks. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I tweet the space. Yeah. So thanks, guys. I didn't know about that. So thank you. Appreciate you guys. And yes, like Jen said, retweet the space. No worries, Trash. This is super important information that like people need to hear. So might as well not have two spaces going and you're killing it, um, you know, presenting this information. So happy to do it. Excellent. Thank you. All right, David, go ahead. And I'm going to get back to the thread here. Okay. Thank you, Trash. Uh, appreciate the space. And the mic. Um, yeah, look here, our generation, my generation, I'm a baby boomer. Uh, and those that know the truth have to keep speaking out because these new generations that's coming up, they don't know the truth. They don't know what it was like to have true freedom. Um, it's gotten lost over the years. Me and, me and people, I'm 65 and I talk to people my age and we're like, we grew up in the, probably some of the best times this country's ever seen. And will it ever come back i don't i don't know if it will or not um talking about the um uh the tell the truth and just keep going i had a nephew tell me one time he said he, he was on drugs bad doing a lot of bad stuff and he's like how can i change my life and i told him i said look you didn't start off doing that you started doing it one step at a time so now you got to start doing better one step at a time to clean it up and i said eventually it'll be cleaned up and and i think there's a lot of trouble going on in this world, and it's going to take us one step at a time to get back where we're at. And the way it's going to be is for people like you and 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 Dustin and them to keep yelling the truth, so this next generation don't get lost. No, I agree with you, David. I talk about this a lot, you know, because a lot of a lot of stuff that we do with these spaces and like deep dives it's going into the corruption in ukraine who's all connected what names go where and this massive just this massive network of establishment corrupt just things and people and actions and events and and we try to break it down to make it understandable in device-sized pieces for folks and then we're then we talk about censorship i mean hell i, I, don't, I don't know how many hours of spaces i've had on different aspects of government censorship and weaponization of our government and psychological operations and all those things. And, and a lot of, and there's, I've, I've heard uh, with the CTI league stuff, and I've heard that I can't, I'm not going to name names, but there's some politicians that have seen this stuff and they just said, it's just too darn big for us to take on or to head up or whatever, go after. 
And like, so when I talk about these things, we have these spaces, we deep dive, I always use the, that same, you know, silly analogy. How do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. We just got to keep eating this elephant one bite at a time. And eventually, uh, eventually we can fix this and we can save this country. And from this technocracy tyranny uh, that we seem to be living through, it's already starting to break. So we just got to keep got to keep taking bites at it. Uh, yeah, you can do a follow up, David. Like I said, I really want to get back to the thread. Then, Liz, go ahead. Okay. Okay, thank you. I've this is like one of my third times talking on spaces, so I'm nervous. So just excuse me. I'm in Canada, and like this, this as you guys know is already happening here. My red pill experience was like crazy because I was like in a relationship with a, a like sociopath that I had a child with, like working in like the graduate department of a university doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, wasn't qualified to be doing. Like it, it, it was like, I had to eat a bunch of red pills. Like it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like just a really, really, really bad like acid trip that I kept thinking was over <laughs> and it wasn't. There was just like more, more acid trip to come down off of. But anyway, like I think like I just wanted to make two points for now because that's all I can do without having a nervous breakdown because I'm nervous. But one of them is that that like the disparity between, you know, like when you have a conscience, right? Like the, the, the people that are coming out, like, you know, they might have been afraid to say something before they had a feeling about it. And then they had their like red pill moment, whatever. And they're coming out like, you know, when the, the truth feels good because there's a disparity between like who you genuinely are and like how and, and what your behavior in the world is. Right. And when you reconcile those things, that feels good and it shows and it spreads, you know, it's, it's that's the one bite of the elephant at a time. Right. Like that that has like it, it it's exponential. And, and there are some that just, you know, like at their core because of whatever trauma or whatever, they, they, they don't look at themselves. They can't be introspective. And if you can't do that, then, then, you know, you're not going to come out of it. And the other thing I wanted to say is that like, you know, it's not rocket science. They've got a small bag of tricks, right? It's like divide and conquer, right? Like, twist these words around the English language is like their sandbox. Right. And then we have a generation of, of kids. Like I'm like at, just at the very far end of like, I just made it into gen X. Right. Like, uh, but like, you know, we have a generation of kids that like don't even understand the English language. Right. And these, and these people are just like, I call them like word perverts and pirates, right? Like they're just like hijacking things and manipulating words, right? And then, and and another like I way to identify them for me is like, you know, like how contradictory they are, the hypocrisy, right? Like saying, making a statement that like negates itself within the statement, 
right? Like they, they have a small bag of tricks. We just need to identify those and, and tell people. And I'm, and I'm counting on you Americans, man, because <laughs> once you fix this, because I believe you will, like, you know, we, we're, we're not going to do it here, right? There's just too many people falling into the trap. That's, that's my opinion on Canada, but I think you're going to do it and, and, you know, I'm going to seek asylum. So <laughs> go team America. Thanks All for right, letting thank, me thank, talk. No, pre appreciate you, Liz. And uh, you did fine. Welcome to the space. Uh, Trash, let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah, thank you, Liz. You did great. And uh, you'll be amazed once you start doing this more and more how uh, precise and, 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 and good you get at this. So keep it up. Um, back to the thread, guys. So right here, and yes, we we are fighting to do this in America. Just so you know, this, this is this is this is definitely my battle. Okay, so as we were kind of talking, we've moved away from like an objective reality of which we all agreed upon, and we're willing to debate to debate how we solve it to this weird astroturfed, unrealistic reality where no debate can actually be had because there can't be an agreement even on words, as Liz pointed out. And so this is what Tucker's saying here. Here's the second thing I'd like to say before I get to the conversation with Dr. Roberts, which is that it, it might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to, to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right. So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates. And I think higher tax gets gets us there. I'm like Keynesian and you disagree or an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers and they write their papers and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me because I don't have any. I grew up in the foul, shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. But I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. Yeah. And, and again, it's this weird reality that we're expected to live in and, and, and tyranny is opposed if we, say, well, you know, if we don't. So, um, and again, this is one of my, another favorite clip of mine from this it says, quote, if your goal is to destroy things, what you're wa watching is not a political movement. It's evil. If you aren't looking to create, but destroy, then there is no agreement among the consensus. And so check this is another part. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, 
what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims of rape, I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the treasury secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So, like, that's what that is. Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake. Hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. And Tucker, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. This is back from April, but Dustin and Jen, this, this was a really powerful speech. So I took the time to thread it and then have spaces and go over it. And uh, I'm going to land the plane here before I get to the hands and on the final post of the thread. And it's about two and a half minutes, about two and a half minutes. And uh, I, it, this is worth your time. It's also worth your time if you just joined us to go back uh, through the thread, maybe take a listen, or you can go find this full speech and listen. It's on Heritage Foundation's channel. I'm assuming they have a rumble, and I know it's on YouTube. So well, let me let me let me land this plane here, and then we can kind of have a conversation about this. And again, so my tweet was uh, attempting to argue the merits of a discussion when the people determined to destroy the objective reality don't care about facts. It feels tiring and desperate because it's not the reality they're debating. It's cause over truth. That was what I said about this. Put it in non I'll put it in non-political uh, or non rather non-specific theological terms and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a say widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil what are its products what do these two conditions produce well i mean good is characterized by order calmness tranquility peace whatever you want to call it lack of conflict cleanliness cleanliness is next to godliness it's true it is and evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for a religious war, far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching. Which is not what, and I'm not certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid fifties are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea. 
and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. Yeah, and I and it really speaks to Dustin, that, that final clip about really is a discussion about good versus evil. We're not debating facts anymore. One side says non-facts and expects you to participate in the delusion. And the other side's like, hey, we have all these facts. Why don't we figure this out? And so he says there's a much broader, more powerful thing at play here, and I would agree. And you can call, you can call it good versus evil. You can call it dark versus light, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I don't care. You can put theology in it. You can't. I personally believe, but I'm just saying in general, whatever side of the argument you're on, it's just we are not arguing the merits anymore. Like those, those are being, those were, matter of fact, up until this year, it's been forbidden to tell the truth. And it's the long-term consequences on our society is going to be felt for a, for, 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 for a long time, for generations. And it is going to be people who do have reach, who do have an audience and platform to make sure that they do not stop talking about this stuff. We do not stop telling the truth and we do not ever see ground anymore to this astroturfed politeness, weaponized empathy that has completely ravaged our culture and ravaged politics and ravaged our families. And so, uh, I, you know, we can take this back. And I just wanted to put this thread together and go on, go over into space with it. I thought it was excellent. And keep in mind, this was the last speech he gave before he was let go at Fox at Heritage Foundation that Friday, and he was let go that Monday. And what Tucker's saying here is true. All of it's true. Oops, sorry. All of it's true. Uh, so, yeah, David, go ahead, and then uh, let's get some uh, let's get some analysis from you guys. What you guys' thoughts were, or anything like that, and uh, we'll kick it around. Thank you, Trash. Uh, welcome, diligent in the room. Uh, um, desynthesizing the country. That, that's what that's what he's talking about. It's, it's gonna you just keep on and keep on doing the doing this. Uh, I mean, and we, we can't have it. It's happened over and over and over since I was a little boy growing up. When I was a little boy growing up, your neighbor could spank your children. Now you go to jail if you grab somebody's kid and try to spank them. Uh, they don't let it happen. I'm going to give you an example of desynthesizing a country, but this is a, actually in a good way. But I've watched a hundred of these in a bad way. In 1976, I was in the military and I seen a ticker tape come off because I was in communications in the Army. And I seen a ticker tape come off of the ticker tape, and it said, uh, it, it, I don't know who's talking to who, but the ticker tape read, want to make America a smokeless America, talking about cigarettes. Now, whether you smoke or not, you got to agree it's not good for you. But they wanted to make a smokeless America by year 2000. Well, knowing this information, having seen that, and then watching over the years, them take commercials off the TV, um, 
out of magazines, off the thing. I mean, it's just slowly, slowly, slowly. You can't smoke inside. You can't smoke. Uh, now you can't even smoke if you got a job at some places, you know. And I've watched this over and haven't had that knowledge from back then that desynthesizing of America, and it, and it, and it happens more a hundred times for the bad than it does for the good. But that's how they get to us. And that's why these spaces and people from that know the truth, my generation and the people that know the truth that's younger than me, got to keep us going. Well, well said, David. And the, 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 there's other elements to this too, right? Which is in Tucker's speech, and, and I love the, the broader time. Re- Sorry, guys. Down. Uh, reality has been hijacked, right? And uh, that that what we're dealing with, it's almost like cultural gaslighting, but it's a gaslighting we do to ourselves and we allow to ourselves, right? Which makes us question everything in reality, right? It's disorienting to us, and, and it's also deeply harmful. And what's scary? What 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 what's more broadly interesting to me is right tucker is walking a fine line much like elon musk they are both right they're they're both at the top of their fields and industries right Uh, musk with tech and or i'm sorry elon with tech and tucker in media and they have to some to some degree or another walk a line in order to maintain their position and their foothold in both. But I'm really digging like the realignment that we're seeing and their rejection of the systems and structures that would push them into a position that they don't want to. And I I, I think you get a real taste of that in the Tucker speech at Heritage where, right, and, and I kind of started this space by talking about that it's refreshing to see Tucker just unhinged, like completely and totally off the leash. And th- there's also a sense of uh, that we're seeing um, Elon do that, right? We, we've, we've often said we're enjoying watching Elon red pill right before our eyes in real time with all of the left-wing attacks being leveled at him. And that you know, maybe all these people who said that all this crazy censorship shit was happening to him for a while, it actually was true. We weren't making it all up. And so that the, there's a power structure realignment that I think is represented by Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk that we all can be encouraged by. And it, it, that, that they're going to come under a ton of heat for doing this thing. And that, I, I guess I'll finish with this trash before I kick it back to you. When we see people doing the things that we need them to do in these fields, when people are willing to be truth tellers, and the media comes after them, and they start being attacked, one of the things we have to do, especially on the right, is become better at circling the wagons around our own and not buying into the left-wing media attacks because it makes for good drama and good gossip and good bullshit that too often I've watched us eat our own when it comes out later. That it right that the same stories that are being used to malign and attack people are from the exact same actors who lie about everything else, and so that that that'd be my last piece to this, right? Which is, 
I, I hope we all make a concerted effort because the the establishment is not going to give up their power quietly. This is not going to be like an easy victory where they're just like, oh, well, OK, you, you, you guys are the new power source now. So good luck with all the uh, ruling things. Right. They are going to fight desperately, dirty and evilly to try to disrupt and take down our truth tellers. The people have the courage to stand up to these evil, evil people. And when 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 those attacks come, continue to circle the wagons. That'd be the last little piece I want. Emphasis on the dirty, by the way, like ex- extreme indiscriminate emphasis on the dirty part of the fighting. Oh, absolutely. And uh, no, Dustin, I think those are great points. And just to tell you how important it is that we keep talking about this. I mean, I can I can list you off a hundred reasons this year um, how we've been re- you know rewarded with our effort. And I'm not talking about monetarily because I'm not. What I'm talking about is like a comment. If you go into that thread, right, and you go into that thread and you scroll down to the comments, um, how important this was. I read one of the comments. This is from an Eric James Bolton. And he said, I watched the whole speech now and I'm not going to lie. I actually have respect for this man. And I'm seeing this often more, more and more and more. And it is people coming across from their previously held beliefs. Be like, wait a minute. Wait, this makes sense. There's truth here. And it will be contagious as Tucker was talking about in the speech and what we're talking about here. And, I think that's the most important part. So that it's comments like those and it's the reactions from people. And, you know, Liz basically speaking for like one of the first times and, 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 and uh, really nervous, but got out what she wanted to say. And that's encouraging to more to keep speaking and use their voices. I mean, Dustin, you remember, you know, six months ago when really spaces were really starting to kick up and we started having really huge spaces and it was the effectiveness and we can talk about government. We can, we can talk about all the kinds of things that we were involved in this year. But it is the people that came up to speak for their first time. And now I see them every now and then hosting spaces, going over their stuff and creating these communities. And and uh, you cannot take these spaces out of context. You can try, but the the, the spoken word in context is there. You, You can't take it out. You can't pervert what's being said. You can try and people do do that, but they just look foolish. And and what's happening here is this realignment to your point. And it's a realignment, not only of politics, but culture, right? Andrew Breitbart understood this, right? Legend, you know, RIP. And, you know, politics is downstream from culture. We have to change the culture. And so far, you know, maybe not entertainment culture right now, but it is starting to shift. You're, you're, now, you're now hearing Disney openly admit, essentially, like, hey, uh, this book stuff is killing us. Can't keep doing this with our content. We're going to lose this. We're going to lose this. And then you start getting people with real consequences. You've got uh, a lot of these states pulling their funds out of BlackRock for the ESG stuff. So the, it's these little wins that that will that will decentralize the power once more. And that realignment of people seeking truth, whether we disagree or agree, but the truth is paramount. The Matt Taibis of the world, Michael Schellenberger's, those guys are lefties, man. They don't, they don't agree with po- politically very much, but they do agree on the truth. And the truth is paramount to everything else. And so that that is changing that culture. That's why it's so important. Uh, that's why I, I spend so much time on the things we spend, you know. So uh, let's see. We got uh, Arkansas First News joined the panel. Welcome. Hey, be well, good people. <clears throat> I think it, it's it's important. Dang. Reality has not been hijacked. Reality has been surrendered. It's, it's the righteous 
who sanction the actions of the, of the wicked. And, that, and so we, we all have to take responsibility for the role that we have played in, in exactly where we are, the conditions that we are in as a country. When you surrender to the rhetoric of wicked people and leftist people, you're abdicating that, that, that ground. Every time, every time you say uh, woke, that's, that's, that is acknowledging the rhetoric of, of leftist. It's not woke. We're talking about anti-America, anti-America positions that these people are taking. These are not woke positions. These are, these are positions in direct, that are directly attacking the values, <clears throat> American values and the principles that we're established on. When you, I'm a person that I understand, you know, we're in America, we have to, we have to travel. I still, I'm, I'm still protesting Homeland Security. I have never walked through one of those body scanners, ever. When you walk, every time you walk through those body scanners, you're you're sanctioning the actions that these these oligarchs have taken. The home, the whole, the whole fallacy that the only reason there has not been another attack on on American airlines is because Homeland Security was established. That is that is abdicating what reality is because that's a lie. It is not true. So again, accepting responsibility for the role that we play. When when we talk about when we talk about uh, situations where we've abdicated, do, do does anyone remember the the House bank crimes that occurred? You remember when the Congress people were writing all these and bouncing all these checks, and they had hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars that were written off. It wasn't. It wasn't. We allowed that to go unchallenged and unpunished. Because instead of instead of being defined, labeled as a crime, it was labeled as a scandal. And that is what these officials do. They never commit crimes. They only they they're only involved in scandals and scandals. Uh, scandals allow them to institute new regulations and new laws that only apply to apply to us as American citizens. Does anyone remember the uh, the House Page scandal when they were raping the little boy, the little pages that were in, on Capitol Hill? No one went to jail for that. No one was prosecuted for that. And we allowed that to continue because our, our memory, we're fighting so many different battles that as soon as something like that drops, they give you something else to be distracted by. Tucker is... Tuck, Tucker... Now, now we are gravitating toward Tucker, who is simply speaking the truth. And somewhere, somebody said, when the truth becomes a revolutionary act, when speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act, you are far, you are gone far, far deeper than you could ever imagine. When simply, someone simply says that something, when someone simply makes a statement that is true and everyone applauds them for making a statement that is true. That's something that we need to look in into our spirit, into our soul. Don't do those types of things because all it does is give them room. These people, they, they don't, you don't have small victories against these people. 
if I, I mean, I'm, I'm generous in describing them as people. You don't have small victories because all they do, they, they will surrender you a little ground because they don't care because they're always, they're always pushing forward. They're always going, they are incremental in their actions. We started with one thing, but that one thing is all they, all they want. They accept it. They don't accept that as some victory. They simply accept that as the as the next step closer to whatever the the next objective can be and whatever whatever the next opportunity that presents itself. We need to recognize our roles. We need to stop stop patting ourselves on the back. We need to stop deluding ourselves with this idea that we are in that we are in a position to be victorious. We need to stop clinging to all of these, these acknowledgements of things that we already knew and celebrating them simply because the left has finally acknowledged, the left has finally acknowledged that, that uh, uh, Epstein was a, was a, a villain. So now it's, it's okay. Okay, this left has said Epstein's a villain. So, you know, that justifies it. No. The truth is he's always been a villain. So the only question that we should ask is if he's been a villain for 40 years and raping and pillaging and God knows what to these kids for 40 years, who are the people who sanctioned that behavior? Who are the people who ignored that behavior? And I will, and I will present this one thing. The, the FBI that, that left and right and center always run to when something tragic happens in your state or in your city, you run to those creatures who ignored Epstein for 40 years, but spent, spent millions of dollars prosecuting somebody because they had, they had a, 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 a file of a, child, of, of a child pornography file on their computer, spent millions on that. And Epstein goes unacknowledged. Epstein is an open is an open openly acknowledged to be violating children for years. That's known by every individual in Congress who who's been there for over twenty years or over thirty years. Every individual. And and McCain's wife, she she let the cat out of the bag. McCain's wife, the senator, the the Americans. Uh, a golden child senator, his wife said, we all knew what Epstein was doing. And no one, and no one had the ability or the fortitude or the guts to do anything about it. That's a truth. That's a reality. And we are all to blame for all the victims that that, that, that man, that creature has, has taken down. And just, just one, one last thing, just one last point. We accepted this vile anti-American concept of hate speech. They slipped it in. And I remember, I remember it, it started in the 90s. I remember it so very well. And it, it, it triggered me. I said, hate speech, what do you mean hate speech? And now left, right, and center is repeating the most heinous, the most heinous rhetoric that's ever been uttered from an official or an American's mouth when you sanction the idea that there's a such thing as hate speech. 
And now you got people like Piers Morgan going on and saying, well, there are some limitations to speech. And you have public officials saying, well, yeah, there is a limitation to speech. That's where we got. We got from a whisper to now people who are, who are Americans, who are constitutionalists, have to defend their position about what, what freedom of speech is. But with that said, I appreciate you, 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 you folks. I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Yeah, no, I, and what your message you're saying is correct. And uh, I, you're probably, yeah. And as a general rule of thumb, I think that it is an important conversation and point of view that needs to be shared amongst uh, a lot of people. And I know you're probably not familiar with a lot of stuff that we do do, but we talk about this often. Uh, we are not, I, I can say we, like Jennifer Dustin, myself, and a couple of us, that do a lot of work uh, in various different areas. Uh, we've been on offense now for some time. Um, so this, this, this specific space is a little bit different. It was just going over the thread, but uh, we do a lot on offense of actually setting the playing field and not, and not reacting. I mean, you can call me whatever name you want on the sun. I really don't care. It doesn't work on me. Uh, they can go cannibalize themselves with it. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that we are doing, obviously being involved with various different legal cases around the country regarding censorship, actually going on offense and exposing exactly who is doing what within the government. Uh, we've had a direct effect on actually stopping a lot of tyrannical bills going through Congress directly. Uh, there's been a lot of things that we haven't been involved in this year. It's, it's because going on offense is the only way through this. And so uh, I appreciate your comments and I agree with you. And uh, that's why a lot of us are trying to do something about it. So uh, Liz, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say one, I, like I, can appreciate a lot of what um, the last speaker said. I don't, uh, our, our, what, anyway, Mr. Last Speaker. Um, <laughs> uh, like, but there are some people that are naive, right? Like, I grew up in a house with a parent that was like how these people are, right? Like, and I'm just kind of a naive, polite person, like, you know, in the, like five factor personality thing, right? So there are some people who like don't know what's what's going on. That's my first comment. Like not to be combative, like, but just to say, like, you know, some people should be afforded grace. Like there's kids that can't even think critically, right? Like lots of them. And the other thing I want to say is that yeah, it is a bag of tricks. If you on a personal level, if you're dealing with someone who has like, you know, and I know this word gets thrown around, but, you know, like, I'm speaking from a place that, where I've done, like, great amounts of research and, like, a lot of therapy. And because this was something present in my family and it took me a long time to escape it. And I was with someone who was like this. And in, in, when, when these, these people, right, like, and I'm using that term loosely, say something and they want a reaction, in reacting, you're really paying them, right? It's like, oh, you just abused me. I'm a, like, I'm offended by it, right? So I'm going to pay you back by reacting like a crazy person or calling it this, giving, you know, like calling it woke or whatever, right? Like, and then you can just, and then you can put that in your in your arsenal of weaponry to then pull out and use against me later, right? Like that's that's one of their tactics, right? It's like 
I'm going to show you my vulnerability or, or what gets my goat. And, and when I show that to you, I want you to put that away and then you can bring it back and throw it in my face or like, you know, I'm going to take anything you say out of context. I'm going to take like one sec sentence. And I think that's what you guys are all talking about with the legacy media, right? It's like, let, you know, it's just like perverting words, right? It's so perverse and absurd, right? It's just, so it's like, there, there's ways to deal with them. And like, when you, when you're like, you know, when you just don't respond to them sometimes, like, I, and I understand, like, Yes, there's things you have to fight and do, but when you just don't respond to them in some cases, like, and you have to pick and choose your battles, it's more effective, right? Because it just, it stops them. They're like, wait, what? Like, why aren't you getting upset at this, right? Because if you get upset at this, then I have something I can use against you and then I can get more control. Because ultimately what the last speaker said is true. It's, you know... Give it, give them an inch and they'll just like, it's, it's infinite what they'll take like of your liberty. I, and I don't know if that made any sense. I, I hope it did, but that's been my experience with dealing on a personal level, right? Like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you like generalize that out to like, you know, entities? I don't know. Like I'm still working that out and it sounds like you guys have more effective ways of doing that but i'm just saying on on a on a an interpersonal level like there certainly is a lot of merit to what the last speaker said thank you i'm gonna stop talking now and go cry <laughs> well i need to go cry liz thank you for it and, and again i think we all have personal experiences that we can relate to that are applied at a more macro level, right? In order to control all of us and uh, any ability that we all have to recognize that or, or right defense mechanisms that we've created to recognize when these kind of manipulative games or tactics are being deployed against us. It's right. It's up to us to share that with other people in order to, Hey, Hey, and we've been doing this a lot, like the holy war bullshit, which, by the way, the holy war, both sides trash, both sides this morning. I woke up and I had all kinds of attacks from both sides of the holy war because I was miss wishing <laughs> Merry Christmas to like all right people on different sides of it. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wish Chuck Johnson a Merry Christmas. Oh. Like all the Jews, like pro Jew team was like really furious, right? And a bunch of more angry that I wished Nelson, like all, all pro team Muslim was really angry that I wished Nelson a Merry Christmas. I was just like, fuck all you people. Like, you don't get to choose who the fuck I associate with, motherfuckers. And like, to, to, to be honest, I kind of take it personally and like, I blocked a bunch of them. Like, you want to tell me that I'm not supposed to associate or wish Merry Christmas? Like, go get bent, but the the reason we're able to recognize it, and me and Trash have both talked at length about this, when somebody, it, when we see content that is designed specifically to garner an emotional response 
that is supposed to lead us to accepting some other level bullshit. We we built up some pretty good defense mechanisms, like internally, I feel like, to be like, whoa there, information operator. Right? Whoa there, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you just exposed yourself. And, and to be honest, there's nothing that's made, like, expose more people than this freaking Israel-Palestine stuff. Right? Like, the, 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 the length at which some of these behavioral modification and manipulation operations on this platform specifically, the big spaces, most definitely. It, it is, right? It's important for us to take our personal experiences and recognize that. But to Trash's point about organizing and building, it's, it's incredible to think we've only been at this for a year and we are so effing early, right? Th this platform, the, the, this format, and especially when we can add screen share. So, right, instead of just playing the clips, we can show the clips of whatever it, like, if we were able to show that video clip of Tucker, right, and then stop it, and then dissect it and comment, and then, right, we, but we add that component where people are able to shift from, like, what we're doing here to, like, video and screen share, this could be the next level. And, right, that we have to build communities up to defend ourselves against what we can certainly anticipate as far as like the disruption efforts that are going to come. And I think that gets to the core of what Tucker was talking about in the heritage speech, which is, and, and I often joke and some, sometimes I, I literally ponder and marvel at the prescience of Alex Jones calling his, his entire operation Infowars and everything is an information war. Because that really is the battleground, which is, right, if, if none of their plans work, when, when we went, when, when Millie and Trash and Jen went through the count document, they, they recognize as they're building these crazy Machiavellian schemes to pull off all kinds of craziness, they openly acknowledge and recognize that it only works if the broader public is duped into accepting and or believing that it's credible, right? And that if that doesn't work, none of their plots against Trump work, none of their election schemes work, right? None of it works if people are grounded in reality. And so my, my challenge to everybody is like, guard yourself on who you let have influence over you. It might be more entertaining to go listen to shallow debates and arguments, right, that, that never dive deeper, or, right, let's let, let go into to, to spaces that are gossip and drama, right, and there's all kinds of nonsense going on, right? But guard who you let in and what ideas and energy you're surrounded by. Because it is toxic. And to steer back, maybe my favorite part of the speech from Tucker was when he compared accepting and telling lies to drug use and alcohol use in the way that it actually weakens you. That there is a measurable and quantifiable weakening that happens when you accept and tell lies. And so guard yourself. 
right? Protect yourself and the, the, the information that you let people throw at you. And when, pe- when people start exposing themselves as, right, trying to manipulate your behavior, right, take offense to that, right? People who are trying to manipulate you, they don't have your best interests at heart, and you, they don't deserve any of your attention or time. Guard yourself. What's up, Magna? Yep. Good to see you. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Uh, go ahead, Magna. Uh, I'll follow up. Oh, okay. Good afternoon, beautiful peoples. Good to see everybody. My gosh, what a panel. Trash, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, man. Um, I wanted to touch on something Tucker said as well. Um, the uh, He mentioned people in their 50s and then the older people even unable to even accept the reality of what they're seeing today. So it's difficult for them to... Um, difficult then for them to digest the data, digest any information because they, they they're just not believing what they're seeing and it's difficult for them. And um, they mentioned people in their fifties and how we're reacting as well. And I'm in that world and I'm thinking it's the same way, which is what's kind of gotten me more politically active again and maybe say, Hey, look, this is just wrong and you can't do things this way. And I hope other people can follow that lead and, 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 and go down that path. Dustin, I hear what you're saying. Like when everything that's happened to you and Jen, it's just yeah. I, when I heard that story, that was just enough for me to. I just about cried. I, I, it's it's difficult to know people that have gone through that and uh, to to talk about it is one thing, but uh, you know to actually have lived it that had to have been torture. So and, or, and still is probably to the to today. But uh, I also wanted to drop a a little bomb for people in uh, our brothers and sisters in our Canadian provinces above uh they they have great things to say they align with our values oh and by the way our about speaking of our values trash again thank you for hosting american mission folks it's wonderful for you to do that really really appreciate that um and anyway for our canadian friends um if you if you ever want to expatriate just uh, please contact me i'll be glad happy to help the most i can i i i i i never want to see people feel like that they're living in a world that they just can't live in and uh, have, can't, can't do ever do anything about it. So it's up to us to really help them take those first steps. So anyway, lots of love, everybody. I'm going to drop and wait here and see what's going on. Lots of conversation. Thank you. Yeah, Magna, absolutely. I appreciate the kind words as well. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Dustin, that, that the uh, addiction that can be formed from telling the truth the the hope that you can give yourself right it, it, it's the, you know accepting godly principles into your into your heart and your soul can really breathe life into you and and, and the inverse is true telling lies matter of fact i think uh this would probably be a good time actually to play those two clips back to back actually if you want me to uh in the context of this conversation i think it's a great call but there's in one case someone who i made fun of on television and certainly in my private life in vulgar ways, who was really the embodiment of everything I found repulsive, who in the middle of COVID decided, no, I'm not going along with this. And once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. Lying is, but the truth is as well. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this, I don't want to get supernatural on you, but you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. Tell the truth about something. You feel it every day. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. It's measurable. 
in the way that you feel. But there's in one case someone is also true. The more you lie, the weaker and more terrified you become. We all know that feeling. You lie about something and all of a sudden you're a prisoner of that lie. You are diminished by it. You are weak and afraid. Drug and alcohol use is the same way. It makes you weak and afraid. But you look around and you see these people and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. And they are cast out of their groups, whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. And I look on at those people with the deepest possible admiration. I am paid to do that. I face no penalty. Someone came up to me, you're so brave, really? I'm a talk show host. <laughs> it's like I get any opinion I want. That's my job, that's why they pay me. It's not brave to tell the truth on a cable news show. And if you're not doing that, you're really an idiot. You're really craven. You're lying on television, why would you do that? You're literally making a living to say what you think and you can't even do that? Please. But how about if you're a senior vice president at Citibank? I'm serious, at Citibank. And you're making you know, four million a year. And you've got three kids in Bedford and two are in boarding school and one starting at Wesleyan next year. And like, you need this job, honestly. And your whole sector is kind of collapsing and you know that. There is no incentive whatsoever to, for you to tell the truth about anything. You just go into little re-education meetings and you're like, yeah, diversity is our strength. That's exactly right. We need equity in the capital markets. Okay, all right. So if you're the one guy who refuses to say that, you are a hero, in my opinion. And I know some of them. In fact, my job is to interview them. And I sit back and I look at these people and I give them more credit than I do people who display physical courage, which is often impulsive, by the way. And I'm not denigrating physical courage, which I deeply admire, but you interview people who do amazing things, you know, who rush into the proverbial burning building. And like every man is kind of trained from birth to fantasize about what he would do when the building catches fire and you hear a baby crying and it's, oh, you run inside. No one is trained to stand up in the middle of a DEI meeting at Citibank and say, this is nonsense. And the people who do that, oh, they have my deepest admiration. And so their example really gives me hope. It thrills me. I talk to them all day long, people like that. That's the first thing. We should, in this sad moment of profound and widespread destruction of the institutions that people who share our views built, by the way, earlier generations that would agree substantially with every person in this room, they built those and now they're being destroyed. And oh, that's so depressing. Yeah, I, Justin, to your point, I mean, it, it is a great contrast. It's a great conversation. We, we've been talking about this as we had a lot of the whistleblowers on spaces and people from the government that were whistleblowers and various different people. We, uh, Ashley Sinclair and I did a space last week where we had Sonia Labosco, who is the air marshal uh, whistleblower, we had uh, Tara Rodas, who was the Health and Human Services whistleblower, talking about she was the one who discovered the 86,000 missing children uh, through the system, uh, through this porous border that just lost in the system, talking about how describing the, the journey of, of when these children are assigned, uh, many times with no background checks at all to these families who are, are actually in these cartels and in or, other organized crime and gangs. And these children just lost forever into those systems and the trafficking and everything else that's going on. And when we have these conversations, like we said, it's going to be the year of the whistleblower. Like uh, when we were doing, you know, Kayla, uh, she was she did a lot of work exposing the bio labs in California. 
And they got that story with James O'Keefe on uh, O'Keefe Media Group. And we had we were talking about that talking about and James was talking about how uh, all these whistleblowers are coming forward. The IBM story from Delta, from other airlines, and it is giving them space, a platform and room to go. Uh, that is going to be so important in 2024 because we we do need to get people back telling the truth. And so I, I you know, that it starts with one bite at a time. Yeah, go ahead, Dustin. Truth and courage is contagious. That's the other part, right? Which is once somebody stands up to the mob, to the mob mentality, right? It, 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 it's contagious. And you realize that not how many others we're just waiting for somebody else to be have the courage to stand up and be the first. And, and we've seen that with the whistleblowers, right? Aaron Stevenson has inspired, right? Inspired his willingness to come forward as a whistleblower. How many times have we heard Tara and Carlos and Deb, right? All point to Aaron's first act of courage as the inspiration for them stepping up and telling their stories to the public. And right, so so do not be surprised if it, if you're alone at first and you get cast out, but you will. I think people will also be surprised when you start doing it that you will surround yourself with other people who have courage and are willing to seek the truth, and your circles will start to improve, and, and, and in a way in ways you can't even fathom. Right. I mean, you know, I and I'm thankful that uh, I've become friends with Kyle over the year. And he created a place for these people to come and and to because I mean Kyle will tell you you know he he he'll tell you the story and how he's almost barely broke moved his family left the FBI and then created this platform and a place for these people to come to and organize and, and group and and incentivize more and more people to come out and start telling the truth and so those people are vastly valuable and important and um, I I would consider that some of these books I've I've actually become personal friends with. You know, Aaron Stevenson and I talk probably daily. I probably talk with Kyle at least two, three times a week. Um, actually had something where Kyle was helped me and he took the time out of his day with his network of resources to get some answers for me. And so it's th these people that have, have shown the bravery and courage is to create that, that, uh, that, you know, the cor uh, courage, the, um, what was I trying to say? Contagious. Right. Making it contagious for everyone else to start playing courage when basically everyone felt isolated and alone. We're like Tucker sitting here talking about the vice president of, of Citibank, you know, not having the courage to say anything because of all the all, all of the uh, consequences that come with that. And people saying consequences be damned. The truth is more important. And our country is going to get stolen from us if we don't start standing up. So, you know, bravo to them. And and I just this is why it's really important to me. And, you know. The CTI League files uh, that showed exactly how the Department of Defense through these other carve-outs like Graphica and USAID, how they were creating not only just censorship of mis, dis, dis and mal information, but they were actually creating psychological operations that was designed to shape narratives and to shape people's beliefs. They didn't even know it was happening. I mean, what we exposed in the disarm files, right? I could put those screenshots down below, but none of that stuff would have come out had it not been for whistleblowers that were participated in the CTI league. And they, sh they even had screenshots with like the, the icons of what office these people in these groups were involved with. There was CISA, there was CIA, there was DHS, there was all these different, you know, intelligence groups that were directly involved 
in hijacking narrative, supplanting narrative, rounding the sharp edges and moving people, moving people towards a direction. And the offensive capabilities of systems like this, where they actually were able to go on offense, they even, they even gave the example, they even gave the example of how they utilized it in Turkey when ISIS bombed something, they were able to use this system to, to convince the public that it was the Kurds, not ISIS. Like they actually admitted that through all this. And none of this would have been possible had it not been leaked from whistleblower to Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger, and, uh, and, and others. And so it's so vastly important that we continue to talk about this stuff and get these things to the legal teams that are putting up legal challenges around the country. You guys know how much work I've done with uh, Missouri v. Biden and Tracy Beans, where we've gotten actual real information, so much so that the Fifth Circuit, when they ruled um, on the injunction, they left out CISA. There was so much pressure from us and from people in Congress that understood what this was. They actually included CISA. The Fifth Circuit actually added CISA back to the injunction. And now it's up at the Supreme Court. Um, because it's got a temporary stay. And once that injunction is in place, the White House, CDC, CISA, who we have evidence and proof of, of the pressure they were putting on social media companies, uh, will then forever be enjoined and then there will actually be consequences. So there is real, real tangible things happening, but it takes all of us to accept these people and be like, okay, what do we got? What are we here? And how can we, how can we get this information to members of Congress, which I have done, and that stuff ended up in weaponization committees so and hearings. So again, I, I, that's vastly important. And uh, it, it, it has to be the pursuit of truth. The truth has to be paramount and cause and politics need to be second. We just need to get back to a culture of truth again before it's all hijacked and, and all gone. So I wanted to follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, now listen, I... I... All of this stuff gets to, right, like a, a general preparing for what's coming, which is we've got big revelations coming. It's going to be we've got big psyops coming. The degrees to which their manipulations, we are so blessed that going into this cycle, right, versus the other cycle, that we're like prepared, that we've seen their playbook and we, we, we can recognize this stuff faster and start debunking it more quickly. So I'm here for that. Go ahead, Jen. She just bounced. She probably had a call or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, really enjoyed this space trash. I don't know if you want to keep it going or we want to shift topics. Like, what do you want to do? I mean, we can. Uh, there's got to be stuff that we've got to go over again. We could probably shift topics. I've got another two and a half hours before I leave the office where I'll be on the road going back home. Um, and I just wanted to, I, I had never had a space on this thread and I knew that we could have some really fire conversations around it, but there's a lot of stuff that I need, we need to get to. I mean, we've got I, savvy in the holidays. We haven't been able to do our project 2025 spaces with heritage foundation. Uh, that's really important. That's going to help dismantle a lot of this as well. So we'll get back to that probably next week. And as I'm going through my highlights, there's so much in here, man. I really wish people, more people understood the count of this document. It, it, it shows a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. And then, of course, the Transition Integrity Project, which I'm glad to see people are talking about again. So that's good. We have, um, there's more 
there's so I was talking to some of the folks at Heritage. There is more FOIA dumps coming. So Mike Howell and team over there, uh, they're doing a lot of work on that. And so we should see some more. Uh, if you guys go to my highlights tab, I had Mike, Mike Howell and other people from the Oversight Project at Heritage in there going over in detail, basically all their FOIAs and all the cases that they've got going right now. And it's the uh, Hunter Biden document dump. So it's the entire email from David Weiss and how you can just see how these layers of bureaucracy were actually shaping the narrative, what David Weiss could see and could not see. And they were basically gatekeeping the information to kind of keep it all suppressed under Hunter Biden. So a lot of explosive stuff coming up on that. But uh, I mean, do you have something in mind? Because I mean, I can go back through a lot of our content, but did you want to shift or I don't know what your schedule looks like? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I, to be honest, I'm kind of in the mood to do like a plot space, right? Like I, I've been doing a lot of reflecting and thinking about and planning right, with all of our different teams about what comes forward. And I, I think it'd be fun for us to have a, a broader discussion about like what we can do in the coming year in order to impact the direction of everything we've talked about, everything we see coming. You know, I kind of like those discussions, but uh, I'm, I'm open to whatever. If you want to go through some other information, I felt like I, I was hammering the same points over and over and over again when it came to like telling the truth and, and being a truth warrior, you know? 100%. I agree. Yeah. A bit. And so, yeah, I, that, that, I look forward to that as well. Hey, Sav. Hey, y'all. It is a rainy, cold day here, the day after Christmas in the South. I'm so sorry. I've missed so much. Um, it was bananas today. So um, it looks like you're having a great space, guys. Yep. We were going over my Tucker thread that I did back in April. I've never really talked about it. And I figured moving into 2024 and, and truth and and exposure and revelations are going to be abound in 2024. I figure this might be a good time to review that thread, just kind of get our minds back into this after the holidays. And uh, I was talking about our uh, Project 2025 spaces. We got to get kicking back up. Really important stuff there. So, you know, kind of, I know you, I know you were busy with the family, so we didn't, I didn't really get to talk to you much, and then we didn't have any spaces really together, which was odd. And um, But we had a space the other day with Dustin's talking about, you know, kind of like a 2023 in review, and then looking forward ahead at 2024, what that's going to look like and what what what's on the table, like what's going on. Obviously, as you guys know, many of us on this panel are very well networked and integrated in a lot of things that are going to be happening in 2024. So we've got a lot to work look forward to and a lot of disclosure is going to happen and a lot more to come. And it's going to be bumpy. It's probably we're I mean, we're going to think 2020 was bad. 2024 is about to get real spicy. So uh not looking forward to that, but uh, understanding the landscape moving forward, I think we have a much better grasp of it. And now we've had a look at exactly how they've been pulling it off. And I'll just tell you guys this, like the CTI League, the Disarm Framework, um, the Count, that document, Transition Integrity Project, you can't just redo that overnight. Like this is a big problem that we've gotten this stuff out for them. We're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars and years in the making. It is all being dismantled and exposed over the last year. That's what we've been doing. Now, Congress has got a hold of it. Many attorneys general around the country have a hold of this information. 
Uh, we've seen lawsuits from Elon Musk uh, and Media Matters. Take down Norm Eisen and David Brock. Take them all down. We exposed that Michael Teeter was, is actually Ray Epps' attorney in the lawsuit against Fox News. They got so panicked, matter of fact, that not only did my account get completely slashed the next day, I also got doxxed at my work and they scrubbed Michael Teeter from the website. That, that obviously was a serious problem for them. That was back in July. And so, you know, Chris Pavlovsky going after Nan Doodles, Nandini Jammy uh, with uh, Rumble. We're seeing the attorneys general, uh, Ken Paxton and Andrew Bailey, opening up criminal investigations against people like Media Matters, Nandini Jammy, David Brock, Norm Eisen. Uh, we're seeing other cases starting to pop up. Uh, we know the work that Jeff Landry's been doing down in Louisiana. The Fifth Circuit is going to be very, very busy this year, you guys. Very busy. And we found a patriotic judge in Terry Doty that is not only handling the Missouri v. Biden case out of the Fifth Circuit, but he's also handling Hines v. Stamos. Now, why is that important? Well, it's a good question, Dustin. I'm glad you asked. The reason it's why it's important is Hines v. Stamos is what did not get included on the Missouri v. Biden case. So this is the NGOs and the CIA carve-outs. So we're talking Stanford Internet Observatory, Alex Stamos, CIA Renee DeResta. This is uh, the National Democratic Institute. This is all of the different NGOs, the Global Engagement Center, that is basically the hub for the nine governmental agencies uh, that were in, centering on an industrial, industrial scale. Um, so all these groups are going to be wrapped up in this Heinz v. Stamos, whatever was kicked out of Missouri v. Biden. So the disclosure that's going to come from those cases, guys, um, you can go look at the Missouri v. Biden case yourself. Uh, I've done many spaces on it. Tracy does a lot of work. Tracy Beans does a lot of work on it. We've worked together on a lot of it. Um, and that stuff's in my highlights tab. You can go take a look. I mean, we have emails. We have direct communications from the White House, from CDC, Surgeon General Office. And so... When we start getting communications for these NGO CIA carve outs um, that participated in this system, it's going to be a massive year. So that, those are the stuff that I'll be working on this year for sure. Um, I don't know what you guys, Dustin, what you guys got in mind, but that seems to be my uh, that seems to be where my plate is going to be full this year. Wow. Get the popcorn ready for that. So uh, I generally see a shift. Right. So haven't done this for a long time. We're moving from a non-election year to an election year, which I don't think impacts any of the more legal avenues that you've been talking about there, Trash, but I do think we'll see a shift around some, like half of the activism we do. So in the last year, like as, as I've reflected on it, so many wins. How many times, and Trash just listed out a bunch of them, but hardly an exhaustive list, that we brought something forward. We brought the relevant people, including members of Congress, lawyers, right? We sent back channels to the different teams working on these different lawsuits that you talked about. Uh, all the work that Name Redacted did, right? Uh, several times we straight bullied the weaponization committee into taking action. Right. Like straight bullied. Like, like you will look at this. Right. It's like, no, I don't want to look. Please don't make me. Like, no, you will look. Right. All, all of that work that happened throughout the year. And, and what's really important about it is for me, the reason I feel so much more confident 
in the run-up to 2024, the like our shift to the more election-focused than I did in 2020 is what Trash just talked about. So the left has made, and if you haven't heard our space on the 2017 David Brock memo, I I probably reference that nearly as often as I reference the Molly Ball Time magazine article that essentially is bragging about like the execution of the 2017 David Brock memo, right? So we, we have the 2017 David Brock memo, Media Matters, Lawfare, uh, Project 65, the whole thing, right? We have them, like him laying out what he wants to create. And then 2020, there's a Time Magazine article, the shadow campaign to save the election, where they openly brag that they brought together corporate, government, tech, interest in order to quote unquote fortify the election against president trump and right the 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 creation of all this psychotic machinery was really probably the in my opinion the deciding factor definitely in their opinion it's the deciding factor of how they were able to manipulate the election results in 2020 so that they could install the senile idiot that has wrecked our country over the course of the last three years. The difference this time between last time, right? So like give a little white pill and a little optimism is that this time we have started to dissect and dismantle that machinery piece by piece, right? And it it, it started and right throughout, how, how many times this year trash that we heard people say well i mean this is i'm glad you guys are doing this i really appreciate all the work you did but nothing's gonna happen nothing ever happens and it's just gonna continue well this this time it didn't work out that way right like and we it's hard because right no one has a perfect crystal ball so that, that that's a tough criticism for us to like deal with in real time but now we, we we have a record of work that we can we, we can point to on this, which is uh, the Missouri v. Biden case, right? Uh, specifically with CISA, right, being re-added. That's a direct result of the work of Trash and Tracy Beans and so many other truth tellers, right, who, who continue to put pressure on and provide the information for all of you to then go contact your members of Congress, right, and apply the kind of pressure necessary. The other, inf- some of the other information that we've brought forward that was has, has turned out to be critical, um, right? The Weaponization Committee, uh, the tax and lines that they took with Matt Taibbi and Mike Schellenberger, and that's a result of a lot of the collective research done, and not just by us, right? I, I could shout out for a week all the people who added and contributed in some way that was significant to that. And, and we, we have the honor and the privilege to be like the ones who often get to break this stuff down. But like bad kitty for Congress, Pepe's grandma, like she's she's been she's been laying researching wood on the deep state. I mean, for years, for years, she's been putting out just incredible deep dives on this stuff. Millie Weaver, who I think we're all extremely fond of on this panel. Right. The, 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 the work that Millie Weaver has been putting in for since I've known her five, six, seven years now, I can't even remember. Right. But she, she is just constantly adding little pieces to the puzzle. 
and it has turned into legal action, right? So the the Elon lawsuit against Media Matters, right? And Media Matters is right at the center of this whole like evil machine they've created. The Chris Chris Pavlovsky Rumble lawsuit, the True Social lawsuit. And then the criminal investigations by Ken Paxton, who the Bush dynasty fucked up. You don't come for the king and miss. Oh, and they, they wanted to install George P. just Bush, and they missed. And now he, he kind of like Tucker, he's just kind of, he's off the chain. He can say whatever the F he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He no longer has to wait. He took their best shot, and he survived. So he's just going to keep grinding forward, right? Uh, Andrew Bailey his criminal investigation into all this stuff. And so what the result of that, though, is, is that all of this machinery to censor us, to silence us, has been disrupted, which is they're the ones this cycle. Right? The same way that me and Jen were dealing with subpoenas, that Bannon was, that the NRA was, that every person Trump's ever been associated with was just dealing with all of these different grand jury subpoenas and summons and bullshit and raids. This time, the foot is, right, the shoe is on the other foot. They're the ones who are on defense, and we're the ones who, through bringing light to what they were doing, have put them on defense to, to, to such a large degree that I honestly believe there's no way they're going to be able to, to, to be as effective as they were, especially because we have their playbooks. We have their manuals, and we have thrown a monkey wrench in the evil censorship machine, as Elon calls it. I kind of like that evil censorship machine, right, that, that largely silenced us and shut us down in the lead-up to 2020. So in 2024, right, it's a whole different ballgame. Now, here's where I see a little bit of the shift, right? So, so off-year 2023, uh, some of what I consider our biggest wins were policy-related. Uh, really, really kind of kicked that off with the Restrict Act fight. It was the first time we really flexed our collective muscles. We united such a broad coalition, crypto, politics, man, even the left-wingers. Right? First time I've ever seen Tira and Doc agree on anything. Probably only time. Right? Like, hell hath, hell hath frozen over that week. Right when everybody literally when we finally got them to to take a look, what that was, Digital Platform Commission Act, the construction of like our different AIs that we've been working on in order to evaluate uh, legislation as it's proposed, and putting together like the policy analyst team so that our team could just constantly be right out in front of that that we could get in these legislative battles. Our energy has to shift in 24 because it's an election year. And if Joe Biden or whoever ends up being the Democrat, like Democrat on the general election wins, I I, I, I don't see how freedom survives. The attack that's coming is as far as the shift to a new currency system, the central bank digital currencies, the social credit scores, the digital IDs. And so we've got to like beef up our election capacity, but not just at the top level. Right. So it's not just making sure that we get President Trump back in there. It's also making sure that we have an impact in primary races right all over the place. And we've 
we've seen a lot of success there too. Like our, our fight around deposing Kevin McCarthy, right? When, when we teamed up with Matt Gates, who I think eight times joined us in spaces over like a three week period to be like, okay, here's the game plan, right? Literally using us and our grassroots muscle in order to help him pull off something that's never been done before, posing through a motion to vacate a sitting Speaker of the House. So, right, we're going to shift. There's going to be a big shift. There'll be a little bit policy stuff early in the year, right? But then it's all hands on decks election time. And so for us, and one of the things that, like, the American Mission team has been discussing, and, right, we, we've been laying the groundwork for this all year, too, which is go get involved as a precinct committee man, right? Like, go get to know the candidates. But I think you'll see a shift, right, from us where we're going to start bringing forward more candidates that we ask everybody to rally behind, that we interview, that we vet, and frankly, that we educate on a, a whole host of issues, right? Which is, I want, I, I, I want to make sure that we have the kind of accessibility with candidates that we can educate them about all of the stuff that we've brought forward with the CTI League files, right? The, the revolving door between the intelligence community and big tech, right? Uh, obviously around central bank digital currencies and social credit scores, all of the work we've done to understand these issues. Now, the, the, the next year, what's different is we're not in implementation phase. It's this is where we will get the kind of heroes or villains that will ultimately end up making the decisions the next time we switch back into a policy mode. And so, right, I, I, I've been thinking just a lot about how do we get people to become more valuable to those candidates locally, right? Which is training people up to become better phone bankers, right? Uh, Scott Pressler has this app the early vote app, and we partnered with him on a little bit in a couple of the uh, off-year races that I was really excited about. It, from the comfort of your home, you can start making phone calls, right? It's real simple script. Just call it. Like, boop, 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 right? Super easy, clean, right? But improving those kind of skills. Door knocking is by far. Like, it's not even close. There was this uh, study that was done. It was in Rick Perry's third run for Texas governor, right? Where, where he, he was such a shoe in to win that he allowed uh, academic researchers from Yale to randomize the way that he spent his campaign money. It's called Rick Perry and his eggheads. It's kind of a funny title of like the, the study was, and then the book that resulted, I really encourage people to read it. Because what, what it is, it randomized all of the different ways the campaigns spend money in order to get a grasp at how effective uh, different actions were. And right, a, a, a basic breakdown of it goes, this, most of the money that was spent had no impact or even a negative impact. So right, uh, robocalls, like if, 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 if a campaign hires a robot to make calls, even endorsement robocalls, that's a negative impact. People are like, why the hell did some random robot just call me, right? They're less likely to vote for you as a result of that. Uh, te 
television radio ads, slight positive impact, but very much like not not heavy positive impact, just a slight positive impact. Phone calls, phone banking, solid positive impact. Door knocking, like 40 times higher than anything else you can do politically in order to support a campaign. Face-to-face communication. And so I, I, I think for us, like figuring out and right doing the vetting of candidates in real time, uh, getting people to go volunteer for campaigns, and then creating uh, open accessibility. So one of the questions I've been asking of all the candidates we've been doing that, with this already is will you commit, it doesn't have to be our spaces, but will you commit to bypassing the legacy media and the gatekeeper media and talk directly to your constituents and the American people by either hosting or joining a space once a quarter? Because if we can get to a place where our elected officials in Congress or our elected state officials regularly use this as a town hall style platform. I believe that gives us a level of accessibility to be able to push the kind of agenda and research and work that everybody's doing through this whole thing. So, right, the, the, for, for me, we've been organizing and figuring out just the best way for us to vet and give opportunities and platform as many pro-America first candidates as we possibly can and start that discussion and open those alleys of accessibility, right? Just the, the network's there. And like, Angelo, you're working for one well, candidate who's given me the best answer on CBDCs and cryptocurrency so far. And uh, he's become a regular in our spaces. He committed to doing regular spaces, coming back once every quarter. Uh, if he gets elected, he's up there in Michigan running for Senate, Mr. Hoover. Um, I'm going to go visit him in person. We're definitely going to do some, like, video work with him. But that that that's kind of the shift I see coming, Trash. What do you think? Yeah, no, that is going to be it. I mean, we already started seeing it. Uh, we laid the groundwork for a lot of that. We were very fortunate to have many members of sitting Congress come into our spaces and discuss these things and being directly involved. And then during that whole race that week when we were covering it, when that when they were all coming in, we were also – flooding the panel with people who were laying challenges. Also, there was tons and tons of phone calls. I mean, there were thousands of people listening at that time. And there were so many phone calls to these offices. And, they, and remember, like Thomas Nassie and all of them came in and said, hey, guys, every time these people's phone is going down, the phone is ringing again. It's working. Then we saw Kay Granger step out. We saw uh, Ken Buck is going to be stepping down. Ferguson's got a hell of a challenge down in Georgia. And you were talking a lot about the ground game and how that shifts. And and Savvy's here with us. Savvy is like an, a ground game extraordinaire as well. Savvy, what do you see going into 2024? I know you've got that big playbook as well and kind of what your thoughts yeah. are going into it. Um, as I've said probably 9,000 times, and it is to very much to Dustin's point, but it's going to be ground game. It's going to be the door knocking. It's going to be the phone banking. It's getting behind your state candidates that are America first and vetting them and donating your time to them. Because nine times, sorry, I'm out of breath, you guys. Um, Nine times out of 10, they're not getting the appropriate funding from the GOP because they're not their candidate. Um, But it's going to be, it will be a bloodbath. 
if we think, you know, 2020, we all know how conservatives were treated in 2020. It will be worse. Um, I mean, for instance, I mentioned in the space last week that here in Gwinnett County, they are expanding their, uh, sorry, you guys, I'm totally out of breath. Um, they're expanding their riot training and riot facility training uh, here in Gwinnett. They're working in tandem with Fulton County because they are expecting major uprises here next year. And a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, why? And I'm sitting here going, um, you're joking, right? You're absolutely joking. It's an election year. So this is, we're used to this as conservatives seeing it, right? But it's just brushed off, off by everyone else. But, um, you know, everyone just, you keep your head on the swivel and it's going to get, it's going to get hard. You got to lace up those combat boots, get ready to, you know, sweat blood, tears, mud slinging. But you have to stay focused on that, on the end game which is getting, well, in my case, getting President Trump and, you know, behind the Resolute Desk and these state races that are so, so important coming up. But it's also making sure that we are preparing America First candidates after 2024. Because I will guarantee you the, the Rhino GOP, they already have their lineup set of who they want to bring to the table. But it's up to us getting involved on a state le level within your GOP, becoming a delegate or a precinct committeeman, you know, going to these meetings, bringing people with you, taking people to the polls on election day, November 5th, 2024, educating uh, voters, going out, being, uh, being okay with being uncomfortable, and going out into communities for which you don't, for you are not a part of, but researching those communities, the people that live in those communities and call those community homes, and look at what is most important to them. Learn the conservative platform, the America First policies, what President Trump did in his past administration, and what the promises are in Agenda 47 moving forward. Have those at the ready. Know them. You can go to my timeline. I have Agenda 47 videos out the wazoo. You can go to Stephen Savage has them. But more importantly, go to donaldjtrump.com forward slash Agenda 47. And they're all there in video form. And they're also transcribed below. But get, do something. If you don't want to volunteer on a local level, but you want to volunteer for President Trump, just go to the volunteer tab there. Because then it will ask you, hey, what, what are your strengths? What do you like to do? And then they will try to put you in a place where you are comfortable and where your talents can be magnified and where you can really make a difference within the campaign. But grassroots are going to save this next election. And I said this um, in a space last night. I was briefly in a space and... You know, grassroots, we're the uh, we're the sexy, cool kids, all right? We don't have the massive platforms, the subscribers and the donors. Shit, we can't even get looked at 
you know, to help move something that's actually saving the country. I mean, look at Scott Pressler. He has been boots on the ground since I can remember, and he still struggles. Um, but that's okay, because when we look back at it, you will be able to say, you know what, I did something to help save our country. I look at this, and I said again, I said this in another space. Look, when you go home tonight, if you're not already there, look at the people or look or find something that you love more than anything in this world. That's what you're fighting for. And it is quite an honor when I look back at my ancestors who are revolutionaries, right? And they fought for our fledgling little nation. I get to fight to save it. And that alone right there gets me just so very excited. We have so many things, you know, I know Aaron and Dustin here all the time. Oh my gosh, why isn't anything happening? It's happening. I promise you're not seeing it because a lot of us are you know, suppress shadow ban or your mainstream media outlets that you have playing at work don't cover it. But there are things happening. We have a really big court case on January 9th here in the state of Georgia where Brad Raffensperger lied and he's being called to the stand and you best believe I'm going to be there. But then we also have the, you know, Missouri v. Biden that trash has been going over. The, the Stamos case we have we still have all the cases that president trump unfortunately was indicted for but they are so how often do you really hear anything about that but things are happening pieces are are being put together and then with everything that trash and millie and jen have uncovered uh you know with the sunrise zoom calls and everything like we are getting those to the right people. Um, and we do this without a dime. We have nine to five jobs and we do this also. So you just got to know that you have to find it within yourself that, all right, how many days do we have before November 5th? All right, you can sleep after November 5th because until then it is full throttle you know, drop all the passion you have within your soul and keep asking, where can I get involved? What do you need me to do? What can I help with? I constantly do that. And I have about 87 irons in the fire now. And I still want to do more because I know I can help. And it's, you just, you have to want it. You have to want to save our country and you have to feel the importance of saving our country because Dustin is right. If we don't, if we do not save this country and president Trump cannot do it by himself, freedom is gone. We will lose our first amendments, our second amendments. Um, and no, no one keeps calling me Aaron. That is just, um, my Instacart order. Thanks. Anyway, you derail me. Um, but you have to find it within yourself to keep to keep going, to keep pushing, and to know what you're fighting for. Because if you're looking at your kids, you're not just fighting for them. You're looking at the kids that they're going to have. And to say, you know, if you want to, 
if you want to learn more, go to Project 2025 with the Heritage Foundation. Go to America First Policy Institute. You know, look at, again, look at the achievements that President Trump had while in office. And then also check out Agenda 47. But also your state races are so important because that trickles upward. And saving your state or safeguarding your state's constitution is as important as the United States Constitution. So that's where, that's what I see, Aaron. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, obviously you're going to be, you're doing a lot uh, for, for Team Trump in Georgia. So congratulations on that. That's a, that's a big Thank win you. for you. And uh, if you guys want to know more about Project 2025, go to my pinned tweet. There's a thread there. James Bacon was on TimCast. Uh, Stabby and I, we, I had the Project 2025 document early in the year, and I was going over it. It's about 970 pages, and there is a lot of roles that are going to need to be filled in the next incoming administration. Uh, and it's a very well-detailed, thought-out plan. Uh, we've Stabby and I had two spaces on it. We're going to have more moving forward. But uh, there's a lot of people we know, um, like whistleblowers and such, that actually are going to go try to go go work with Project 2025 and fill these roles in government again the right way under the right administration. So really important to note the America First Policy Institute uh, works on the policy side of it. Um, and then obviously Project 2025 is administration side. And uh, you can get involved with those. You can get involved in Agenda 47. You can get involved locally, getting involved somehow. And so uh, we're just going to overwhelm the system. And something you brought up, Savvy, that I think you kind of glazed over, you were talking about specifically how they've expanded not only the training, but uh, how they've expanded um, the uh, the fire and police departments and, and what they're doing there to get prepared for riots. And I'll point you down to the document that Millie, Millie brought out back in 2020, but we revisited it just recently. And it's called The Count. It's about 40 pages, and it goes in detail of how they intended to cause, and through these Sunrise Zoom calls, how they intended to cause riots and disruptions and the count, as you look at it and you read it and you think of it in context of January 6th, it's going to start making a lot of sense. And that document came out October 14th of 2020. Uh, Millie had a hold of it October 20th of 2020 when she infiltrated the Sunrise Zoom meetings. And that document was born out of those meetings and also out of the Transition Integrity Project uh, that I have on my timeline and Millie has on hers as well. We had a space about it. Go to my highlights if you'd like to take a listen to see what that is. But that essentially was a think tank called the Greguin uh, Institute in uh, in L.A. And Rosa Brooks. Rosa Brooks, uh, if you guys don't know who she is, I will remember that name and go take a look at who, she, who Rosa Brooks is. But they devised this, this document called the Transition Integrity Project, thus then creating the Sunrise Zoom calls and the, the count that documents below. And as you read that, you're really going to understand what happened post-2017 with all the censorship, Media Matters, Crew, 65 Project, Michael Teeter, David Brock, Norm Eisen. And Norm Eisen had a part in the Transition Integrity Project as well. So you can kind of see this entire apparatus that was built uh, that's still being used to this day. And so if you guys want to get involved, we told you how to get involved. Uh, obviously, American Mission as well. Uh, that's linked up in the top. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate that, Savvy. And uh, we're going to be busting our ass this year. All right, Angelo, I'm sure you've been wanting to get in here since, oh, Dustin, go ahead and I'll, get, I'll kick it to Angelo. No, go ahead, Angelo, get in here. 
Thank you guys for having me. Um, <clears throat> uh, for one, uh, I did work at um, Heritage, uh, uh, actually. And, you know, they're a great organization. Um, they push a lot of great policies. And, you know, they give, you know, the actual handbook to staff the next administration, especially for um, Trump and for the next conservative um, uh, presidency. Um, I'm actually on the Project 2025 um, training, and I'm in it. And my goal, actually, is to work in the Department of Ed. You know, I, I do. Because I'm fighting for my little sister. Uh, she's in high school. Um, and I'm fighting for, you know, um, everyone else. You know, we have to, you know, get back to the basics, right? You know, we have to get back to our our reading, writing, arithmetic, and not this woke ideology that seeks to that's just brainwashing our children. You know, and it's sad, really. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, it takes a good ground game to get everything done. You have to have um, boots on the ground to get stuff done. That, that is what the grassroots movement is. Um, the establishment will put up billions of dollars um, and the RNC is not going to help at all. Rana is not, 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 not going to help either. Um, but it is up to us as Americans and conservatives who truly believe in the America First agenda to take this country back from uh, the powers that be that are um, with BlackRock and Vanguard and Soros and all these and whatnot, right? Um, and, you know, we need candidates who will push for that, you know, um, uh, you know, um, but yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's really awesome, Angela. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be covering a lot more on Project 2025 moving forward. And that is what's needed and in getting involved. And I, I'm assuming, since you are connected with Project 2025 and Heritage, that you're very yes. familiar with Jennifer, Mc, Jennifer McWilliams and, and Courage is a Habit, Alvin, and all those guys. So I'll uh, be looking forward yeah. to that this year. Yep. Yep. Great For people. Sure. Great people. Yep. For sure. Uh, All right, know, Liz. Some of my favorite. Oh, go ahead, Dust. Go ahead, Dust. Uh, but before we before we go, Liz, I just I just want to add this other piece. A big part of what I see coming is it's going to be a back and forth battle, and right, it's not going to be all victories, but they're going to throw the kitchen sink with media attacks, with lies, with disruptions, with psyops, whatever it is. Right. And it's going to be up to us to as quickly as possible dismantle that and move people on. Right. And move the battlefield on. And I, I, I think they're prepared to throw everything. I mean, what what more could they possibly have done to attack President Trump, his supporters, his family, his business? Right. They, they, they have thrown out even the modicum of human decency, much less justice or equal application of the, there are no rules that they will not violate in order to try to maintain their power. And so for us, 
I, I can't stress enough how much it's important for us to protect our ability to organize on this platform, which is I, I think they're going to come extremely hard at Elon and X in particular. I think some of these attacks have come from other countries saying that they're violating hate speech laws and other nonsense. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to encourage everybody, if you can, right, like get the blue check mark. Or right, get the X premium and do what we can to make sure that we have this platform for as long as we can have it. Because I also think like this is going to come under attack because the truth is allowed to spread here. We're, we're allowed to organize, right? And what, whether we're being rate limited or whether it's perfect or not, obviously there's still things we don't like, right? I, I, there, there's still layers of censorship that I, I, I think are too slowly being stripped out. But with that said, the truth doesn't need an equal playing field to defeat lies, right? All, all the, 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 the lies can only win against the truth if they exist in a vacuum and people aren't exposed to the truth because people aren't nearly as dumb as we way too often characterize them to be. So uh, another thing I'll throw in, I love Savvy's comments. I love I love the the right everybody's getting their headspace and like buckle up it, this this is it this is the big the big old shebang a bang right from top to bottom as far as the elections top to bottom on whether or not censorship and the legacy media right and to be honest I think they're on their last ropes right we're we're, we're the ones who are ahead and they're the ones throwing the hail mary but they're desperate and desperate animals when cornered can be dangerous and so right i i i want to let people know right and, and the reason we talk about all this stuff in the way we do the the reason it might come across the start isn't because we think the bad guys win in the end but it's because we want everybody to be in the right headspace to be prepared for the battle that's coming and i i i don't know without the last year and all of the, the incredible connections and networks we've been able to build with all of you. I, there's no way I would feel as bullish on the coming year as I do uh, w without having this. So let, let's also make sure at the same time we're protecting our ability to keep the lines of communication open on this platform and with redundant lines of communication. So I will steer you guys up top. Jen threw it up. Uh, for now, just go follow the American Mission account here on X, but we, we have a lot of extra stuff that the team's been working on three, four months uh, in order to just help supercharge our ability to do that kind of organizing in elections everywhere. I could not be more excited and honored to be working with the team in American Mission. Whether it's our tech team with Magna working on the like AI to evaluate legislation or right our grassroots team, our election teams, our local meetups, Right. We, we've got very ambitious and bold plans, and I know we can pull it off if you guys will join us and provide feedback. Right. The, the, the other big part of this is we are better off when everybody provides whatever their unique talents and abilities, and we will do our best to make sure that it can fit in whatever time uh, you have to give. So uh, please help us. We're going to be doing a big relaunch right at the beginning of the year where we roll out. Uh, and you guys will get an inside look at, at we've got a team of almost 50 people who for about six months have been really working to just create something that can go much, much bigger. And we're really proud of it. 
I hope you guys will get on the ground floor and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because it's going to take all of us. It really is doing whatever we can do. I always say there's no magic bullet. There's no secret combination of words we're going to say in front of the right audience or judge or panel that's going to fix all of the problems that we face, all of the crazy evil that we're fighting. There's no magic bullet. It's going to take a million gestures, a million acts of defiance. It's going to take a million little sacrifices. And all of that cumulatively is the only way that we're going to win. Um, but I believe in all of you guys. I know you guys are going to get it done. I know I'm going to be a part of it. And I'm honored to be here with all of you trash. What year we're going to have ahead. Savvy. So proud of you working with the campaign. I glad to see like all right i just love to see uh the development of everybody i can't imagine what wild ride 2024 is going to be so I'll, I'll i'll leave my rant there kick it over to liz thanks for being patient liz thanks for even letting me talk i'm very honored i just wanted to say like you know it's really easy to say like divide and conquer and not really think about what it is but it's like you know, it, it, okay, forget about that. Let's start here. They have a system that is inorganic, right? It's like controlling, right? So a system of control is we're going to put this in that basket, this in that basket, this in that basket. The system that's going, the only system that can defeat that is an organic system, right? That's why... Freedom of speech, platforms like spaces where people can have conversations with each other, where they are human again and can speak and have open dialogue and discourse that that isn't censored, that isn't like, oh, you said this word oh my God, it's violent, you know, we're going to like turn that around on you and use it against you and like play it like over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes like a win for us. The organic system, right? Like it's about becoming human again, right? Like that's what team humanity is, right? Like let's be organic. Let's not be this compartmentalized like system it's like the glass menagerie right like it's good like it's gonna crumble like it's like this this like you know it's like jenga right and you can see it like even if you don't look at it like even if you don't conceptualize it like in the grand scheme of like everything even if you just look at like the the academic institutions right it's like why isn't someone resigning because they plagiarized it's because uh you know like their articles were peer reviewed right by a bunch of other plagiarists right that are are purporting that you know their research methods are like you know infallible yet at the same time saying uh you know uh a, a research design is isn't falsifiable if it's if it's infallible it it 
it's garbage, right? And it's like, but that's what they're doing, right? Like, it's like, you know, it's this contrived system. And, and that's why word of mouth works, right? Because you're, it's, it's humans talking to humans. We're social beings. That is what life is about. And we've diluted it. Like, we've diluted, like, you know, like in Canada, for example, like, you know, we have the College of Physicians and Surgeons or whatever. It's like the regulatory body, right? And it's like they put, they got anti-racist experts to review the the curricula and uh, um, what do you call it? Like practicum, whatever, right? Like residency requirements for someone to be like assigned a medical, like a license to practice medicine, right? Like a medical doctor. And they want to take the medicine out of it, right? Like that was their proposal. Like no shit, right? I look at things and I'm like, is that, is this like a satire or is it real? That's how bad it is, right? I can't tell if someone's making a joke or if it's, this is what this is the crap that people are actually trying to pass off as as real and as humans talking to each other and like just you know it's like hey yeah me too right like yeah i'm white and what like whatever and my parents were like middle class and you're like this and that, you know, it's connecting on that level and, and, and things happening organically. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, all the money in the world that you want, but, but, but life, the, the, the basic like elements of life are going to be what can defeat this, right? Life, like, oh, I don't want to say creation because that's like, a whole big like religious thing but like you know creativity right like you know like ideas that that happen like that is what is is going to defeat this right because from that original thinking and critical thinking is born right their their system of twisting shit around on you is garbage it's not gonna work Right. It's it's yeah, okay, whatever, guys, let's do this. Anyway, that's that's what I think is the bring organic humanity back in into things is going to make the difference. Absolutely. Thank you, Liz. Uh, Lori, go ahead. Hey, y'all. Great space. Um Thank you for all your work. Uh, we're, I'm a county commissioner court uh, warrior. I fight at the county. Uh, and every two years, we, we've been trying to work at the legislature, but that's been uh, pretty dysfunctional. Uh, but we started with uh, a county auditing using the Public Information Act request in Texas. Uh, at least in Texas, we have 254 counties. And we use the power of the uh, Public Information Act request laws to get our election records and we reconcile our elections, uh, you know, or try to, 
and uh, then take those reports to our representatives and our findings to our representatives and try to uh, get the electronic voting machines out. That's kind of been uh, our battle, but we are also taking some of this stuff like this, um, the Schellenberger uh, CTIL files, the CISA files, Missouri versus Biden, and we go to our weekly county commissioner's court meeting and read these things into the record uh, from the podium. And that is your, uh, in our federalist system, that is your uh, local government, the administrators of the law. And so, of course, there's national, state, and county uh, levels of representation. And so we've been fighting at the county commissioner's court, with, which is like a five-member uh, typically across the nation in all 3,100 plus counties, you have a five member board, a sheriff's department and a uh, district attorney. And this county commissioner's court controls the budget. They, uh, they control everything in our life. And I have four children and none of them are learning about the county commissioner's court. Not, they've not talked about it. Uh, and we, they go to a very good school, but uh, this is something that we're undereducated on. And in times of disaster uh, in our system, the power transfers to that county commissioner's court, just like we saw with the uh, lockdowns, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, the judge, the county judge, who's not a judicial judge, he's like an administrator. Um, he signed an executive order to shut all the churches down. He was the one that got on the phone with all the pastors and religious leaders and said, hey, I got to keep you safe, right? So it was all happening there, but there were, out of 700 citizens in our county, there were like five people there. Nobody, everybody was looking at the, the news feed at the national level, right? And, and focused on that, of course, very important national race, but neglecting uh, what's happening here in our own counties. And so if your issue is elections or your issue is censorship or medical freedom, uh, these types of things um, at your county level in some form, uh, it's, it's happening there. And you can request emails from your representatives, your department heads, um, submit uh, requests for election records and other things. Uh, and really when, that, when you see it for yourself, um, that's where leaders are made, right? You're, they get injured. They read the, this stuff for themselves. They see it for themselves. And um, you get an injury and then people trying to remedy that injury. Um, and so we've, we've been fighting at the county commissioner's court uh, level. And if we can get our voting system secure, we can elect three. That's all we need is three votes on that county commissioner's court. And that will protect us. It can protect us from an unconstitutional state and federal government um, with the power of the sheriff to back it up. They control the sheriff's budget. They, sh they control the district attorney's budget. And so if you've got three constitutional representatives in your county uh, that understand the threats that we face right now, you can secure yourself and we can have constitutional sanctuaries across our nation. Uh, but we've, it's, it's an education <laughs> We've got a curve to teach people uh, that they can uh, they can be secure, that they can have a constitutional sanctuary in the same way that they allow Ill illegal immigrants, you know, and create these sanctuaries for 
uh, illegal immigrants, we can also have constitutional sanctuaries de declared. And so I work with Cause of America, Lindell's uh, group, and we really focus on educating people on how to uh, perform citizen audits, how to audit, uh, how to get involved on that county level. Um, so if you're interested in, in elections or, or anything like that, uh, you can go to causeofamerica.org. If you're in Texas, that will go to me and I can get you plugged in with people in your county uh, and, and get you started. But that's that's kind of where our focus is, is trying to really get folks um, to put this on the public record. You don't have to come up with a speech. You don't have to write it yourself, even going and reading uh, Missouri versus Biden, or even some of the analysis and commentary and threads, print them out and hand a copy to each of those representatives there because they're pretending none of this is happening on the outside, well, right? They're like going with the mainstream uh, news media, like nobody knows what's going on, you know, and we're like the gigs up. And well, so, so, so Lori, yeah. I want to build on that a little bit and okay. thank you for all the work that you're doing, but. Uh, that it because it touches on something game. I see you, I know you're on your computer, so I know your hands up, it's registered. Um, right? So, uh, w we draw a big part of our so much of this is an information war, and kind of the way we visualize and have conceptualized like what we are working on, what we're building is that there is a central hub where we distribute information where we bring the findings of all these incredible researchers right i love that you brought up ty Abey and schellenberger and that you guys are actually printing out and sharing that information right the work cannot be done it, the battle will not be won on the like on spaces or on social media by itself right now i'm not saying that, that that's not to discount the role that our ability to distribute to like the information is, but I conceptualize it like a node network, right? So we have the central hub where trash delivers us all of this incredible information, right? And, and puts all of these threads together that break it down or name or savvy or Jen or Millie or what, what whatever that information is, right? That, that we, that, that's what our focus, like we did with the Restrict Act, right? We got everybody talking about the Restrict Act at the same time, right? By coordinating amongst us, but then sending everybody out to basically turn into a microphone, right? Which is the, 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 the network has to function, right? That reaches past what we can reach on this platform alone. So what Lori's talking about there, I, I, I can't stress enough how much that's going to be a part of the game plan in 2024, which is right. We will, and we will do our best to make sure that we're providing information and visual information and printouts, right. And that, that makes it in a more distributable form, right? Because we, we realize that not everybody's going to sit and listen to a two hour space or three hour space, Right. But our job is just to arm you guys. And right. The, it's one of the things I love about spaces is how often have we seen people improve their public speaking skills, right? Improve themselves as overall influencers by participating and coming up on stage. Right. And, and working out. We love when people come up, even when they're nervous. Right. Like Liz today, I was right. Really excited that she, she had the courage to get up here. 
right? And, and start talking because, right, two, three months from now, she'll be dialed in, she'll be convincing everybody, right? Like bringing people in. But that, that, that can concept of, right, we are all nodes on a network that has to be able to spread information and all of this information we're doing a lot more broad, right? Which is if we just do the uh, social media echo chamber, right? Where, where it's just us congratulating ourselves for uncovering stuff, right? It won't be effective. So our job is to do exactly what Lori was saying there. And we've put together a really comprehensive package so that whether that's something with President Trump and he needs to get the word out about some nonsense lies that are being spread through all these newspapers all, of, all over the country, that we have the network everywhere that allows us to distribute and communicate that bypasses any legacy media and any big tech. Because at, at this point, I don't trust anything from being shut down or for them trying to stop us from being able to communicate outside of us having our completely own network that we control all the aspects and pieces of. But I, 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 I really love sharing the idea that like what, what we're doing, right? Look at this as like, there's information, we're trying to get it out, but doing exactly what Lori just laid out there. Take that information, and get it into the hands of your local officials. Get it into the hands of your local legislators, right? Especially when it comes to election interference or machines, right? Or changes in laws that are being proposed. This time, we have to be more prepared to identify whatever they're, whatever scandalous, nefarious stuff they're trying to do to give themselves uh, a legal, often a legal advantage in the election and spread that information to counter it before it can even gain traction. And what's interesting, Trash, when you guys went through the count document, how much emphasis did they put on that the public sentiment has to go along with us? We have to, right? If the public's not with us, ultimately, Trump will be, like, we won't be able to pull our plot off. And I'd love for you to elaborate a little on that and then kick it around. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was everything. Um, so matter of fact, I actually put a link. The Transition Integrity Project was one of them that mentions it a lot. Uh, but the count is the document that really uh, was born of that. And it and it, this is that's basically all they talk about. It, you can you can go through the document yourself. It's about 40 pages. Um, there's some really illuminating and damning things in here. But basically and just so you guys know, this is original source document. This actually came from the centralized hub that the all these groups these horizontal uh, leftist activist groups connected with and had the sunrise zoom calls <clears throat> but everything relied 100 on perception right so that it wasn't just censorship it wasn't just legacy media it was a collection of all of it and <clears throat> the perception had to stay and so much so that they actually broke it down um, by the actual legal dates of how the election completes. So if you guys don't know, Transition Integrity Project was essentially what it was, was they war-gamed, they had about four scenarios, and they war-gamed um, exactly how the election would play out. And then they superimposed it with the legal dates and times on when things were due. 
right? So like December 8th and January 6th, January 20th, and they and they gamed out exactly how um, they were going to counter that. So much so, I mean, I'll just give you an example. Uh, controlling the perception was important um, because they they had to rely on the on the messaging and and they and they basically wanted to operate within these gray areas, not the legal areas, but the gray areas. They they basically they intended to carry in gray areas perception because if the perception was there, then the public would accept what was number one, not constitutional. And then number two, uh, how these, these, these non-legal avenues that they would take and they would try to, and they would essentially create the perception that it was legal, that this is normal. And what Trump is trying to do is a coup and this and that. I've never seen anybody you know, commit a coup on the, on the country uh, and then hand up, then, then, then step down, even if they believe they lost the election. But that's another, that's another matter. To give you an example of how how gamed out this was. I want you guys to think about this. When I read this, I want you to think about this and I want you to think about January 6th. So on page 35, it says Democrats in Congress must use every constitutional procedural and political means necessary to delegitimize Trump's attempt to usurp the presidency up to and including voting in unison against the Republican effort to count Trump's electoral college votes, ordering the sergeant at arms to remove Republicans from the House chamber boycotting the election electoral college count and staging protests inside of the Capitol to make it physically impossible for Congress to meet. And so that's just one little sentence out of this 40 page document, but it really shows you exactly what they intended to do to essentially usurp the presidency and then create legitimacy for the, for the non-legitimate election votes that we saw in 2020. Go read that document. I'm telling you, it, it breaks it all down. And then go to my, you can go to my timeline. You can go to my highlights tab. You can find the space that Millie and I and Jen did uh, and Dustin did on the uh, Transition Integrity Project. Both documents will be uh, linked down in that chat. You can go listen to it. Uh, but uh, that, us finding this document on top of everything else has been exposed. Everything has been whistleblown. Um, they are, they're taking damage left and right and it's not slowing down. So let me get to somebody's hands and, uh, I'm back, Jack, and I'll get to you, Mike, and then Lucas and Blue. Oh, game. Yeah, I got a Jack and then game and then Mike. What's up, guys? What's up, Trash? You guys do incredible work. I want to start by saying uh, thank you for all the work you guys have done. This. It's, it's really unbelievable to see the amount of information you guys come across. It blows my mind. The only thing I, I, I have nothing to add except for uh, she was talking about um, organic, right, organic networking and humanizing. I would say the people on this anyone listening in this space should if, if you're a twitter head and you're on here all the time like a lot of us are you got to pick out five to seven people that you truly trust the people that you really do trust and you got to exchange phone numbers right because it's not beyond them to shut this platform down all over again and then we're going to end up from from ground zero trying to redevelop a network right i've had 2,000 followers, six, not a lot, but for me, it was a lot, 2,000, 4,000, uh, 1,800. And then I just wake up the next morning and the account's banned and it's wiped away all because I said something they didn't like, right? So all those people that I, you know, and you just can't remember a network of, let's say, 50 people that you consistently interact with. It's hard to remember those people, right? Some of them you're going to remember, maybe a half a dozen, two dozen, who knows, but I would say pick out half a dozen people that you truly trust. Exchange phone numbers with them. 
have them do the same thing, right? You can build a spider web network that they're not going to be able to fuck with, right? Because if, if for some reason they do shut, you know, more of these social networks down that we use, what they can't shut down is the phones, right? So if, if you have to get involved, you know, it might get to the point where we have to get involved with group texts and then get involved with Zoom to try and uh, re reorganize, I guess is the word. So keep that in mind, right? Instead of these little things where we're all looking at each other's, um, we're, we're looking at each other's, uh, whatever they're called, avatars, right? I got this stupid bird head up there with, you know, no one knows who I am, right? I, we, we, a lot of us want to stay anonymous. Pick out a handful of people that you truly do trust on here. You've been friends with for a year, maybe a year and a half, two years, whatever. Exchange phone numbers. That way we can redevelop a network if, if things uh, if things ever get bad. Thanks, guys, for the mic. Appreciate it. Uh, so it's a, it's a great answer. And the redundant lines of communication and creating a local group, right? So, so even more, one of the things that we're going to really strongly emphasize, I mean, Jen, still our goal, I don't know, it's ambitious, but our goal is to hit all 50 states and do the live meetups that we've already done in close to 20. Uh, right, where well, we've brought people from spaces together. Sometimes in small groups, it's 10, right? But we'll bring 10 people together and just ask them to continue to meet even when we're not there, right? Because when you connect like with somebody you're close to geographically, there's all kinds of extra advantages. You have the same statewide races. You have the right, often the same county races, right? The same party structure stuff that you can start taking over. And, right, it's up to us to create uh, the the redundant lines of comms between these individual groups. But those are all great recommendations and, uh, right, cannot emphasize enough that we can't do it all here. In fact, we can't even bring you all of the strategy and plans here because we know we're being constantly monitored, right? And, and so there's stuff that is shared in those live meetings, right, and on the other platforms and other ways in which we have set up and we are building these different communication lines that we don't share in here because we don't want to tip our hand tip off like what our plans are and what our strategies are so that they can be more disruptive of that so um great great recommendations and something we're definitely working heavy on going forward but again look at it like every every piece of information we're bringing here Right. If you bring it to two or three or five other people, right, what what our impact is going to be right when we really need it, it'll be there. Um, but you have to build your local personal network first. The, right. If you want a step that you can take that's actually tangible. Right. Go to church. Go to the church and like have a network of people that you meet with every Sunday. Right. That you're friendly with and that you have some camaraderie with some community with if you just start at that level right a it's gonna help you regardless if it right of what the battle is right just knowing people in your community you're not gonna regret doing that anyway so right we can't do it all here we have to do that branch out i loved i loved your comments there jack thank you all right game go ahead get in all right buddy thank you happy day after christmas to all you guys dustin jennifer trash one day you'll follow me back i hope anyway um, I, I really want to congratulate the whole group, Millie, to everybody involved in this mission, because it is a mission. It is 
it it's it's do or die as far as this country's concerned i'm 68 years old guys and i can remember my parents talking to me about and they were old when they had my brother and i okay so they were born like 1912 1914 and i remember my mom and dad both telling us about rockefeller and how he came in and he he instituted the american medical association then the fda and then books were being thrown out uh, that had to do with natural healing i don't mean snake oil but i'm saying this all analogous to what's gone on the rot of the american system has been systemic by the cabal okay by both sides of the aisle has been going on since what 1780s when we basically handed it over the keys of the republic to a central banking system guys understand something you're fighting a behemoth a monster but the only way you win in a war is walking one step at a time and doing it as dustin as trash lori stated it so well find people you trust at the community level people who are your neighbors people you associate with here who you know you have pull with that you can communicate with god forbid like was just said you know they can shut this damn thing down tomorrow and we're all screwed then what do we do boom followers gone all the uh all the momentum that's been gained will be gone we don't need that we need to move forward we see the 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 disgusting tone of how we're being ignored by basically the judicial system by washington dc at all it's a horse pit we need to clean it out and we need to start digging relentlessly i don't care at what level but do it thank you all for letting me share appreciate you game mike mac right and what was it listen mike's one of these also right when we talk about those doesn't even have to be in person like if you've got a podcast Right. If you if you've got and you're building your own platform somewhere, our goal is to support and promote you and help build you up too, right? That that and that's the other thing. It's not a zero sum game. So many of the people who do this, right? They 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 they're petty. They try to like tear other people down because they feel like, oh my god, that, that that could be by. That's not how this thing works, by the way, right? And so right, it's up to us to make sure we lift up like our other content creators and encourage them to take the information and spread it wherever, right? And and Trash, both Trash and I are veterans of the great 2016 meme war, right? Where we took funny pictures and little tidbits of infographics, right? And memes, and we literally memed the greatest internet troll of all time into the White House. And right, that, that, that spread of information, absolutely critical. Mike, love you, man. Great to see you. Go ahead, get in there. Hey, Dustin, man, this is a trifecta. Look at, I mean, you've got the three of you guys, you got trash who could research air and wind up with receipts. You've got savvy. Who's got freaking tentacles in the ground. Like just pick a place. I mean, it, and I use tentacles on purpose with savvy. Just, she might still be a psyop. I'm not sure about her. Um, I'm playing savvy. I love you. Uh, and, and Dustin, and you've been in the campaign. I mean, think about it. If you're going to th- have three elements that you want to cover, you want the research, you want the ground game, and then you want the inner workings of a campaign. And, and literally you're looking at that in the hosts of this space. So 
I think hopefully I don't like anybody to say, guys, we need to do this. But I think if we're going to take advice, this is a pretty damn good group of hosts right here to take advice from. So I wanted to ask you guys this because y'all are the experts in this. See, and I say that y'all are the experts and we're more of like the enthusiasts. And and Dustin, I've got two scripts written for American Mission that are coming out like since we get past the new year. But I, I wish you hadn't said that. But God dang, I want to tell you so bad, but it's not, I'm not ready yet. But anyway, side note. Um, but what I want to say is we're more, y'all are the experts. We're the enthusiasts, you know, and, and, and I think we worry a lot as far as the things that we don't know about. Like when I see these, these politicians, I'm always thinking it's like, they can be blackmailed. They can be bought. They can be persuaded. It's like, and, and I wonder like, what can I do? What can I say that's going to, you know, kind of combat that a little bit. And I was just making some notes when y'all were talking earlier and, you know, and, and things along the lines, like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like, is there, are there community contracts that we could come up with? Are there like, you know, like kind of like that watchdog journalism, like adopt a politician where we do some kind of, uh, I don't know, like, and, and, and Lori had said it earlier, like with, I think it was Lori with the audits, you know, like citizen, you know, citizen audits where we keep a scorecard and we keep a public tally Cause it's like, think about it with trash and you guys, y'all are talking about certain events and who starts popping in gate starts popping in freaking beverage starts popping in. And it's like, they hear it and they can't let this conversation go like undefended. I mean, especially imagine what would happen if, if it started to turn against them, like they're going to pop in and start defending themselves. And it's almost like, how do you guys see, like, I, see, sometimes I don't even think I know the right question to ask. It's like, how do you combat that behind the scenes rot, that blackmail? You know what I'm saying? Other than holding people accountable on specific details, like what ideas? I'm not even saying the question right. I've, I no, no. Listen, I got it, Mike, and uh, it's a great question, actually. And uh, so, a, I, I have two parts answers. One, I think what what, what Lori just shared is a big part of it which is, right, the way you combat it is by being present, which is when, when I talk about improving your value to a candidate, right, by becoming a better phone banker or by, by being a door knocker, right, really what you're doing is you are becoming our eyes and ears in those back rooms, right? Like you will work your way up so that you have direct access and, right, that also will lead to like, right. And maybe we kick you over to O'Keefe, like OMG and O'Keefe, right. Well, if you need to blow the whistle, if you see some shady shit going down, right. And, and, and we can't be present everywhere. The second part, right. And I, I really appreciate the kind words, but we learn more from you guys than we share with you guys, which is right. And, and, and it, it's honestly the, the entire basis of the federalist system Right. Is that you have these uh, unique experiments in liberty that right, some states do one thing, some states do the other thing. We look at what works and that ends up like spreading like, because we're able to actually evaluate what's effective. The same will be true of like this effort, which is maybe, Mike, you realize or you stumble. Right. Like you figure out like, oh, man, I can hold people accountable this way or I was able to make my influence on the campaign much broader by doing X, Y, Z. It's up to us to share that among the other people who are trying to do the same thing, who are volunteering their time and their effort and their energy 
to go participate, to get close to candidates, to be part of campaigns, right? And, and be feeding that information between us because ultimately that's what's going to make all of us more valuable. And the more valuable we are, the more access we'll get. And not just in the campaign, right? Not, not just in the immediate, like, hey, I saw this weird deal go down or, right, my candidate's doing something I'm a little suspect of. But also when it comes time for the policy debates again. Right. If you're the person who the can't the, the, the now elected official knows because you showed up, you were in the office, you're the ones who knocked doors on them. Right. There's really only two ways to make sure that uh, elected official take your calls, write them a big ass check or be present on the campaign in a big way as a volunteer and and somebody that they recognize as having provided real value with their time and energy to the campaign. And, and, and so that there's long-term benefit that way. But again, the, the only way that we, we pierce like what's going on is for us to get people on the inside who can report back when they see that kind of shady shit go down. All right, let's go to uh, Lucas. Go ahead, Lucas. Hey, first time uh, tuning in here, just uh, looking at some of these spaces. And, uh, it, you know, what y'all been talking about is very interesting, especially with electorate integrity. Um, so I'm, I'm actually a candidate for state house here in Montana. Um, I'm running against a guy, another Republican, you know, technically Republican, not the most conservative votes in the state house. And just sort of based off of what y'all are saying, I mean, with election integrity and just other things, you know, what do y'all think is going to be one of the most important things that we can get done at a statewide level? Well, it, it depends. If you're talking about election integrity, then it's going to have to be operating within like I'm in Maricopa County. So like board of supervisors played a huge role. Then the election commission here in Maricopa played another big piece of that. So it's going to be, there was a challenge to the board of supervisors here. I'm not sure where it's at. I haven't gotten any follow-up. There's a massive team that is working here uh, in Maricopa County. Uh, I will leave them all nameless. No need to bring them up in public because they are working pretty hard. I've met with them a couple of times. Uh, but that's going to be a piece of it. Another big piece of it is going to have to be a lot of these states and, and getting their constitutions back on track and all these emergency changes that were made um, has to be has to be amended back and, and reeling it back in. Um, it's going to take state level legislatures being elected into position, working with attorneys general uh, of their specific state to actually start holding people accountable and chipping away at a lot of this. So that's going to be a huge piece of it. Um, centralizing more authority back into the states individually. And so that way uh, we can start looking at things like the 17th Amendment and things like that on a national level. But that's going to be a big piece of it. And it's going to have to be figuring out a way to actually fortify the elections process in given states. Um, I don't know how much we're going to be able to do from now until 2024. But a lot of the stuff that we were talking about here and exposing about how they were able to pull this off in 2020 is making sure that this, the public is not allowed to adopt a false perception that everything is on the up and up and fair because it's the only way this worked. Um, a lot of these documents show that. That was one of their main focuses. That's why Dustin had you rehashed a couple of times because that was the main piece of this. It was narrative control and perception. I don't... 
it, it, it's going to take a mammoth effort if they think they're going to try to pull off what they did in 2020 again. Uh, but we just have to keep talking about it. So when you're campaigning, um, you know, bringing a lot of this information to people that may not have known about it. But when you're at these meetings and campaigns, it's bringing this info to the group and the local GOP and trying to make sure that you have America first, not squishes in those positions. And that'll make a huge yes. difference. And I, think that, and I think Savvy can also uh, expand on this. Well, I, if I may just interject real quick. Um, yeah, no, 100%. And the local GOP here is relatively on top of it. We have a uh, liberty-minded uh, GOP chair in my county, Flathead County. And, you know, we're doing stuff with election integrity. We're meeting with the uh, the count, the clerk and recorder, the county commission, and informing them about a lot of these election integrity things. And we're also working, I mean, you know, myself, there, there's a Republican legislator in there. You know, I'm running against him. He's not the most conservative, not the biggest fighter, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, the, a lot of stuff is going on here. So hopefully we can continue that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done across the nation with getting all that stuff back on track. Unfortunately, here in Montana, we have very, very liberal courts. So that's a real pain to deal with. Um, but what were you, what was, uh, savvy or going to say? Yeah, that's right. I'm nice to meet you, Lucas. Um, be vocal about where you need help and where you need, you know, whether it's, you know, for your campaign door, not like where you need the most support. Um, a lot of candidates don't do that. And people are just sitting back waiting to be told what to do. So if you are, if you take to your social media or even your commercials that you're putting out and you're saying, look, I need X, Y, Z. Please contact me. Get involved. This is where you can reach me. Um, another good, if you're not doing it already, my dog's going crazy. Um, give out, if you don't have a separate line, get a separate line and give your cell phone to your constituents because that will show a level of transparency that a lot of people running for office don't have. Um, but really just being vocal and meeting you on a state level, meeting with religious leaders and not just doing FaceTime, actually scheduling long periods of time with your religious leaders um, in all different communities and being able to have a town hall and you stay there until there are no more questions asked because that is what's going to get you further in your campaign. And then to, you know, your local GOP, you, you know, you said they had the, you know, a really good read on what's happening, but a lot of those people have been in the GOP for a long time and that could sit down and say, all right, this is this person. This is this person. You need to work with this person. This person's on his way out. You need this, that, and the other thing. But that is one thing that has taken, I mean, we have spaces with, you know, with United States congressmen and women for this very, very reason, because they are able to talk to and listen to 
their constituents and we give them that access because that normally, you know, and meet and greets are cute and all, but you're not really getting down to the heart of the matter. And then addressing issues within certain communities that are being ignored, but not being loud and boisterous about it, if that makes sense. These are all just little things that I promise if you will put into use within your campaign, you will, you will go much further and you'll, you know, you'll have a shot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of the stuff I've already kind of been doing a little, I have uh, yeah, I have a phone number associated with the campaign. I, you know, I'm meeting with business leaders in the community currently going, knocking on, you know, their business, asking them any issues you're dealing with. Cause like you said, I mean, it is important that we as public servants go out and talk to our constituents and say what's what's wrong you know what needs to be addressed because there's i mean half of it is political issues and the other half of i mean what legislation need what legislation needs to be there and what gets proposed is on a lot of these technical issues you know with licensing and all that so i mean i i completely agree with you there that it is crucial to go and talk with constituents um yeah i mean i'm doing them and what you said about the campaign talk reaching out to people and at basically telling them specifically what you need to be what what need what you would need to get done it's also crucial because uh last year i was volunteering just generally for the uh gop and yeah you really got to keep a lot of these volunteers they're willing to do the work but you got to keep them engaged uh give them reasons to keep coming back, doing more door knocking, more phones. And yeah, so for me though, the campaign's mostly gonna kick off next year because uh, it, it's a pretty small race. It's only 10,000 people per district. Um, so mostly gonna be doing that next year. But yeah, a lot, of, I mean, I'm gonna need a lot of support and that's the plan. I'm gonna be reaching out to people in the community about that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, good luck to you, Lucas, and I hope to see you around, and you're always welcome on stage, and anything you want to update about Montana politics and what's going on, you're more than welcome to, so we'll, we'll keep that going. We have a lot of candidates right now that are running. And, uh, and Luke, if you need any of us to come up and visit Montana, um, you just let us know, because I hear Montana is beautiful, and I've never been there, so just putting that out there, Luke. All right, yeah, I'll let you know, and if, if you all want to come up here, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, interest. We had some of these uh, like groups talking about just issues and being, you know, genuine conservatism, uh, but they kind of fell apart a little bit. So if you all want to come up here, be my guest. Go ahead, Blue. Oh, no, I didn't want to overstep. Um, we have a great space. I mean, we're talking about 2024 and we're talking about you know, you know, local action. I mean, this is a huge thing. I mean, a lot of us anons, we've also talked about this before. A lot of us anons has been in this for like a super long time. And Dusty, I'm super sorry to spam the nest. I was short on time. I mean, a lot of us anons that has been in this for a super long time has a lot of information, but a lot of less time. And we're trying to help everybody out and whatnot. And the thing of it is, is that 
when we saw the plan earlier, we knew that it was local action. And so um, we tried to sit there and help out. I mean, I, from since I didn't have much time the other day and I was busy, we were in a blizzard. Um, with the Kevin Spacey coming out, um, I looked at the House of Cards, Trump card, uh, 2024 being the last battle. Uh, Trump card, 2024. Um, this is how anons and whatnot work. And we know that a lot of people is going through a lot of things and whatnot. And people are like, how do we do, how do we take back our country? And how do we do this and that? Um, well, you know, local action. And it's very grateful that people come in into these awesome spaces when anons are digging everything else. Because the thing of it is, is that we're not talking about stripper at a strip pole. We're talking about pole workers. Um, a lot of people, they, you know, we can, 2024 is going to bring out a lot of good people. A lot of people that has never ran before. A lot of people that has never been on the digital battlefield before. And then it's putting it out. We got one guy that, um, on the digital battlefield, his name is Damien or Damon. Um, and he does like a little deal with other news and whatnot. In 2024, we're going to see a lot of shit. Am I wrong about the Trump card being in 2024? My question is, is that when I was, you know, I'm like I said, Dusty, I'm very sorry. You know, I didn't mean to spam the nest. I only had a certain amount of time. But, and I just put in what the other diggers, other anons put in. And, you know, it just comes down to, yes, okay. So what's going to happen next year? Yes, I thought about, you know, the Supreme Court and everything else taking place, but um, Tucker Carlson and Kevin Spacey, they could have taken that road a different way. Why did they have to turn around and make that interview about House of Cards? Is the House of Cards falling next year? Are we having a Trump card? So it's there's a lot of things at play, and the thing of it is, is that you know, we have a lot of local action. And I'm very sorry, Trash. I'm very sorry, Dusty. Uh, well, we well, have a lot of anons. I mean, no, there's no, a lot no, of stuff I, coming I, out next year. It's going to be a let, big deal. Yeah, let, listen, Blue, I, I understand, however, this is it's a good opportunity to bring something up. Because you, you, you can see, but we, we're already seeing uh, the attempts to disrupt and right to dis derail and disinform like people uh like the the operations to try to disrupt what we're doing is really ramping up uh part of that is going to be we're going to clamp down pretty hard around the etiquette around spaces which is right at one of the and, and in some ways it's unfortunate but right like people who come up and they speak out of turn or are jumping in and taking us to different topics or spamming the nest, whatever it is, like we're going to have a lot less tolerance than we had in the last year, only because we have to run a tighter ship in, as a defense against them sending people in here to just freaking derail the conversations, get people all worked up, or even just cause annoyances amongst like the hosts. And like, right, whatever we're putting up on the Jumbotron, right, we have very specific calls to action. We work hard to make sure that whatever we're asking you guys to do is laid out in a way 
that makes it as easy as possible, that makes your, like, we value your time. And so we don't, we don't want, you have to dig through extra stuff. And sometimes, right, a lot of people will just come in and want to promote their own crap or talk about their own issues or whatever. And this isn't directed entirely at you, Blue, right? But, like, the, the answer is going to be, and we just need you guys to not take, if, if, if you violate the etiquette and we boot you down, right, uh, and, unless one of us blocks you, it's, again, it's no, no harm, no foul, um, right, just learn the lesson from it, which is, we're going to have to run a much tighter ship going forward because two things, not just the disruption, because I right, we're able to project out the spaces are going to get a lot bigger. We're going to continue on this growth pattern. And as more people are part of the, the broader infrastructure, uh, the more races that we're doing, the more local action that we're coordinating, like you said, Blue, like we're going to have to make sure that we're more efficient that's going to mean less time. There's going to be people who get frustrated, think we're ignoring them because uh, we're going to be bringing less people up. You're going to have to vet first. Right? We're going to be doing internal vetting on stuff. Look at how that turned out for Mario with the BZ stuff. I probably shouldn't have even brought that up because that's a whole can of worms, right? But with, <laughs> with all of that said, right, just know that we are going to clamp down on enforcing like basic space etiquette so that everybody's time spent here is productive as absolutely possible because we, we all need to be running at maximum efficiency. So no harm, no foul, brother. Really appreciate you. Thanks for coming up. Uh, Kevin, get in here. Good to see you, brother. Merry Christmas, everybody. We went like we went like 36 hours without each other. Uh, I miss everybody, so I wanted to say uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, Kev, I missed you so much. I missed you too, Seth. It was a, it was a rough day and a half without everybody. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I want to get everyone's take on what's coming out either this week or next week, 170 names. Who do we think is on it? Who do we think isn't on it? Because I, and first off, I think that is just fun to talk about, but I think everyone is going to be severely let down by the list. And, uh, I'm curious what everyone else thinks of. I think it's going to be like gardeners and nannies and pilots and stewardesses and people you never heard of before. And some people think it's going to be every A-lister in Hollywood and music and all that. And I'm curious what other people think. Do you think we will be let down? Or is this 170 names of your favorite actors and actresses? I think it's going to be more of the same. The usual suspects. No pun intended, no Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's going to be obviously but... Prince Andrew... Uh, 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 Clinton. But a lot, I think there's going to be a lot of government officials on there too. Um, that's just my I take. Know, it just, it I think there's good. It seems too good to be I, true. I think there's going to be a lot of support staff, and it's going to be kind of a letdown. I think you're going to get a few names. I also know that there's kind of like a back door that the judge set up, where people can appeal to the court of whether or not their name should be included or not. So I, you know, I, it waits to be seen. What I, I want to that- see. I think that a backdoor. What I want to see victims. Well, I, yes, but I mean that's what they say. But <laughs> um, I also say that you know what's going to be most important about that list <clears throat> is not so much that the list is released; it's what is Congress going to do, and the people like Tim Burchett and uh, Blackman out down in Tennessee. What Tim Burchett has been talking about openly uh, about the blackmail and corruption within our own government and how. 
a lot of these Congress people are completely corrupted. George Santos seems to be going on one. So it's going to be, yes, the list, but in conjunction with, okay, what what are we doing in Congress with this? And are we really going to start naming names in Congress about who else was compromised by similar groups or even the same group? I think that's going to be the big piece that I want to see. Um, but yeah, more of the same, I think. Not, not all hope is lost, Kevin, but I, I'd like to see some additional action. Oh, yeah. And Marsha Blackburn. I, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I think that a lot of people are hyping this up. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me that we're all like, oh, yeah, it's going to be every creeper we've ever heard of. And I'm like, I don't, I, guys, I hate to break this to you, but I don't, I don't, uh, like I said, that seems too good to be true that there's been a piece of paper out there with 170 names on it that suddenly it's just nobody has like taken a picture of and put on the internet yet. I don't know. So I think it's going to be a lot of gardeners, a lot of pool boys, like the boat staff, and maybe like out of the 170, I'm going to go 15 people that you've heard of. But I'm also like really negative about most things. So hopefully I'm wrong. Me too. Uh, yeah, all right, Grizzly, go ahead. Good evening, all how y'all today. I, you know, I just hope I just hope we get some honesty. I mean, it doesn't matter. We've been shit on for too many years about everything. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Anyways, it's just we need honesty all the time. We've been we've been sold down the river with everything from the top down. We know who's we know we seen the list when it came out in 2016. We know who's going to be on it. Is there going to be fuddled? Probably. Is there? I mean, why did Kevin Spacey out in the front? You know, I I, I think differently. I think that that's why Kevin Spacey came out. You know, you know, they did say they tried to kill him, whether he did or not. I don't know. That's remains to be seen. You know, we've been lied to about everything. You know, unity. We have to have unity. We've sold. We we can't we can't stick together over anything. We get butt hurt about everything, and, you know, and a lot of it doesn't amount to a hill of beans, you know. Santos, man, that dude got freaking railroaded, and just and he he's got a lot of info too. Hopefully that we can get some info from him about you know some of the shady dealings up there, you know, about all the people taking our money and using it to for their sexual deviant you know cover ups up there at the, in Congress, you know, tax our taxpayer money covered up. They're freaking BS, you know. We just we got to have unity from the top down. You know, we got to just stick together. You know, Agenda 47, you know, everything. We have to carry the message for our president because, you know, next month's going to be, I think next month's going to be on fire. I think next month is also going to be a chance for the, the other side to just, like, raise holy hell because I, I just I just have a feeling that, and it just, it, it's, it's it's not selling my gut very good. There's going to be some bad stuff happen. I hate to say it, but we're, we're, we're in, it is a, it's a, it's, it is a war psychological and, and probably before too long, it's going to be a physical war just because there are going to be some people in the streets raising a muck, tearing stuff up. And we, and, and that's what they want us to do. They want us to be out there like we were doing in the summer of love. That's what they want us out in the streets doing. They want us up there tearing stuff up, you know, and they, that, that way they can say, look what these guys are doing. Look what the MAGA people are doing, you know, you know that, that that's 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 what they're shooting for. They want us to tear stuff up. They want us to be. They don't want us to be our God centered like we we trying to be. You know, trying to do God's will and, and spread love and spread you know, spread some some hope. You know, we've seen what hope and change happen when P.O.S. will 
Obama came in in 2008, there wasn't much hope in the damn sure wasn't no change. There was a lot of change. Let's just say it changed, and it changed for the worse. So let's just stick together, quit freaking fighting over everything. You know, who's smart, who ain't. You know, when it comes to the Trump card, let's go back to 2000, was it 1989, 1990? He had a game show called, wasn't it called Trump Card? And it, what, where was his uh, address? Was uh, Castle 45? I've seen it, you know. Kind of, you know, he goes, I've been training for this my whole life, folks. I, I listen to that man more than anybody else. He tells us everything we need to know. He tells us what? He told us everything. Told us everything when he walked down the freaking escalator. But, you know, we were too stupid to stick up for him. A lot of us did, and a lot of us didn't. A lot of us, you know, a lot of us switched sides. I thought we're going to go for DeSantos, the old tippy toes, whatever he's walking on now. And you got all this other BS, and you're like, you know, how can you turn your back on a man who, who, who's done everything? In 2020, he could have gave us the middle finger and said, you guys figure this shit out. Oh, well, no, he's still with us, you know. And that's why we got to be with him until the end. So love y'all. Let's spread some love. And we need unity. And, and, and quit shitting on people, man, no matter what. Who cares? You know what? Take them to the side. You know, message somebody. We don't need to be bashing people on the freaking Internet. That's what they want. That's how they divide us. You know, that, you know everybody bitching about everything. We got to stop. Let's worry about, let's get, let's get that man in office and get our country back. And then you guys can, then y'all can fight over whatever, everything else. We don't need that shit anymore, man. We just need love, peace, love, and uh, get that man in the office and get your ass in the, involved with the local. Get involved somehow, some way. Guard the vote, whatever it takes. General Flynn said, guard the vote. We're going to guard the vote no matter what. They tell you to leave. I guess get arrested if they tell you to leave. Whatever it takes to protect that vote, man, we got to do it. So love y'all. We need unity in this country. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah go ahead, Lacey. Hi, guys, and Merry Christmas. Um, I just briefly wanted to say that, um, you know, the first of the year is fastly approaching, and I'm a firm believer in uh, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and hit the pavement hard um, and get serious about, you know, with what's going to be uh, hitting us head on from them guys. And um, I also noticed um, that Gene Ho has been putting, he's like putting out one or two videos a day um, just with truth bombs and all kinds of stuff. So he's somebody that I think we need to uh, pay attention to as much as, you know, with uh, the Kevin Spacey thing that was kind of came out of left field, but I don't know whether these things are stuff that we need to pay attention to, if these are hints um, or, or what have you. But obviously the election is most and foremost the most important thing that we need to deal with and make sure people get out voting. But I think there's just so many different moving parts that we need to pay attention to, um, you know, in these next couple of months. And also not forgetting about, uh, you know, what's coming over our border. I think this is a hidden agenda that's going to erupt. Don't know what yet. I think we have a notion of what it may be. So, um, again, I think it's just time to get serious and no more joking around after the first of the year. And that's all I had to say. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Lacey. Uh, probably going to wrap this one up, guys. I'm going to be hitting the road soon, leaving the office. And we've been going for a couple hours now. So, um two, three hours. So I'm probably going to wrap this up. So Lori, get a quick comment from you. Any kind of follow-up? I know Savvy is on the phone unless she's back. And Dustin, some final thoughts, and then we'll wrap. So go ahead, Lori. 
Oh, I just wanted to share um, a resource when we ran a campaign back in March uh, 2022 and we're facing uh, censorship and Facebook would not let any of the America First uh, candidates run political ads and it was very challenging. Uh, we found this uh, company called Genius Monkey and uh, for, you know, a relatively, it, it was a small budget, but they were able to get over a million impressions within a week and they did not um, discriminate against us uh, for being uh, America first. And so anybody out there that's running a campaign, you may want to look into uh, spending your dollars. Genius Monkey, will, you can give them, if you're a primary candidate, you can get access to the uh, primary voters in your area. And you send that to Genius Monkey and they will follow uh, those voters around uh, in all their ads, everywhere they go. Uh, they they can put you in front of them. So just wanted to make that recommendation for those that were uh, trying to get outside of the social media platforms and kind of get around some of this uh, censorship stuff that's still going on. Thank you so much for the space, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you, Lori, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you guys, everybody, thank you. The last couple of days have been really great. Uh, really loved being able to spend time with you guys. Uh, everybody's stories, everybody's contributions last week. We're only going to ramp it up, as everybody's saying. Like Everybody's got to be in like full battle mode for 2024. Everything you can contribute, everything you can bring to the table, right? And build that local network. To go back, we did Tucker's speech at Heritage. And I, I, I want to just go back and reemphasize trash. And probably the fifth time I've said it in here. But... Telling and accepting lies makes you weaker. It actively and quantifiably makes you weaker. Telling the truth, however, makes you stronger and is contagious and will spread to other people around you. Give them the courage to step up and speak out and challenge the lies that people send to try and manipulate you. So don't allow it to go. Uh, I'll, I'll end with a quick call to action. Would love if you guys would follow the American Mission account through a tweet up from it up on the Jumbotron. And so if you want to, to go drop a follow to the American Mission account, we have huge things coming right at the beginning of the year. Lots of stuff to roll out, lots of stuff to expose. So would really appreciate it if you guys would go drop that a quick follow. And Trash and Savvy and everybody who spoke, everybody who listened, uh, you are so appreciated today. And I'll see you guys, talk to you a little bit later. All right, Trash, you want to take us home? Or just rug this mofo? Yeah, sorry. I was trying to um, I'm trying to put a tweet down below because I, there's a lot of comments and people don't really understand how these psychological operations operate, influence operations operate on social media. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's really frustrating. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a, a post down below. Okay, it's going to be about the disarm framework. So next time you start emotionally reacting to something or or it seems like, you know, all these people are saying all these weird, crazy things. Just remember, this was actually developed by our DOD and by people who believed in altruistic mis- and disinformation censoring. Okay. And then when you look at stuff and you're just like, we, you know, like when we saw what popped off October 7th and how this went into overdrive. Or like you go and you see these, these fake fights in the comments 
of you know politicians or people with large platforms and you see these like just trolling comments what it probably is most likely a number of things could be real influence ops it could be um it could be campaigns that are doing stuff i mean you're seeing it out of nikki haley's camp desantis's camp blah 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 but it also could be this uh, disarm framework and stuff that we've exposed. And so I, just, I, would, I would just take you a moment to go take, take a look at these four screenshots that I placed at the bottom. This is directly from the disarm framework. Okay. And so you've got things like a co-op trusted sources um, operation. And its description is an influence operation may co-op trusted sources by infiltrating or repurposing a source to reach a target audience through existing previously reliable networks. Co-opted trusted sources may include national or local news outlets, research or academic publications, online blogs, websites. The next one says concealed network identity. Concealing network identity aims to hide the existence of an influence operation. Network completely. Unlike concealing sponsorship, concealing network identity denies the existence of any sort of organization. Next, create conflict between subgroups or to widen divisions in a community. The last one is coerce, bully, or frighten the target. An influence operation may use intimidation to compel the target to act against their will, or the goal may be to frighten or even terrify the target into silence or submission. In some cases, the goal is to simply make the victim suffer. So I want you to consider that, number one, this is not me. I didn't write this. This is, this is direct from the disarm framework setup. We expose what that disarm framework is how it's operated, and it is connected with the CTI league files that Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi were leaked, the whistleblowers leaked to them, and they've been covering. And so I just want to remind you guys of that. And this this could be for spaces, this is for comments, this is for tweets, this is for replies to stuff. You just, I need you guys to remember those things. Uh, and so, yes, um, I am typically hyper aware of these things. It's why I block off and I block quickly. Uh, I don't really have time for it. If there's no, if there's no value being added. You just want to pop off and say something stupid. It's it's a waste of my time. Um, and just remember this stuff when you're when you're angry, replying on on Facebook or Instagram or or X. Just consider what I just brought up. But I appreciate you guys for being here. Um, and take a look out there. Be safe. Head on the swivel. Savvy. Did you want to add anything before we're uh, done here? She might still be on the phone, but. All right. Very good. Well, I appreciate you guys. And uh, if you guys want to know what the heck I'm talking about, you can go to my uh, highlights tab on my profile. I have most of the recorded spaces as of like June, July in there. Um, so you'll be able to go see exactly what's in those, what's in that tab. I have all the recordings. All the receipts are connected to those spaces. You can go look at the CTI League files itself. Matt Taibbi actually showed up in that space and told us a little bit more about what's going on there. All the receipts are in there for the CTI leak file. Hair, uh, Media Matters, David Brock, um, <clears throat> Open.Inc., Missouri v. Biden. It's all in there. So if you guys need some receipts, happy hunting. See you guys next time.